And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No. Because I'm going to get him. So glad to be here. we got a great show lined up for you today. We're going to be getting into some important news, both political news and economic news, in the first hour. Uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on that we're going to get into. Then, in hours two and three, by Kevin Ship and Craig the Sawman Sawyer, both together to talk about a number of issues from the sexual harassment uh, secret Congress slush fund to Robert Mueller and background information on him to the deep state and shadow government and everything in between. We're going to, uh, as I said, this first hour, get into some news. And there's some pretty interesting things going on in the world of news. And let's start with the economy. Excuse me. We saw a uh, record-breaking day today on the stock market as the Dow Jones went up 331 points bringing the close of the Dow today at 24,272, which um, is, is good news. We continue to see the market increase, but what is what drove the increase today is the news about the tax bill, the Trump Tax Plan and Jobs Act that apparently John McCain said he would support, which... It, I read a breakdown of this today. If, uh, with McCain's support behind it, you can have every Democrat and independent vote against it, and even two Republicans voting against it, and you would still be able to pass the tax reform bill in the Senate. But the stocks rallied on Thursday as the possibility of the Senate passing a bill aimed at overhauling the U.S. tax code increased. The Dow Jones average surged 331 points to close above 24,000 for the first time. And the headline on Drudge goes to the CNBC article, which details which uh, industries did the, the best today in this uh, record-breaking day and what they believe drove it. And there's a, a, a number of great articles out there today on and around this tax reform bill. There's a, a great article on Washington Free Beacon. More than 100 economists support tax cuts and Jobs Act say it will accelerate economic growth. More than 100 economists support the Tax Cut and Jobs Act, say it will accelerate not only economic growth, but it will increase wages and lead to more jobs, according to a letter economists wrote to members of Congress. They also went on to say that economic growth will accelerate if this Tax Cut Act is passed, leading to more jobs, higher wages, a better standard of living for the American people, and they even say that it's going to increase the GDP by as much as 3 to 5%, and that's on top of what we've been already seeing, which is 3-plus percent GDP growth for the last three quarters, which is up tremendously over the Obama administration years, which was around 1.8% to 2% average for his eight years in office. And we've seen the higher numbers than that uh, each time, each quarter since Trump has been in office. So that's, you know, we continue to see this good economic news. There obviously are and is the possibility for 
you know, certain bubbles to, to have issues, whether it's the housing market or the student loan um, bubbles. But what with this passing of the tax bill, if this does pass, and the consumer confidence and cons- the confidence in the stock market, this could the solidify the economy to to grow tremendously over the next few years, which is um, really bringing a lot of euphoria into uh, a number of people in the world of economics and politics as you see the markets reacting to that. And even um, a cautious Carl Icahn says market has gotten into a euphoric state, and they says this is very good. This could continue for a period of time. And you might see a, 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 a correction here or there, but they believe that this will, this trend will continue, that the uh, stock market will continue to increase, and the revenues from that are generated from the the tax bill back into the pockets of Americans and businesses will continue to uh, stimulate the economy, even further creating more jobs, which is all around great news. Now the question is, will they be able to get it through, and if so, when? This is one of the big promises that the Trump administration has made, and you know we've seen a number of Things he's tried to do be be struck down or uh, fought against by the media, by the Supreme Court, from the immigration reform to the wall and uh, the Obamacare repeal. But I don't see the the left or the people opposed to this being able to stop the momentum. If they know what's good for the country, there, which I know they don't really care about. Um, it's more about politics than it is about the the betterment of the people of the country. I remember when the stock market uh, was at twenty four hundred, not twenty four thousand. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that long ago. That was back in April of eighty two, I think it was, sometime in eighty two. Well, even what in the in the mid uh, the end of the nineteen nineties after nine eleven, you had what like forty eight hundred uh, Dow Jones. I remember when the the prices of um, stock from Google to Apple were around a hundred dollars. And now what? The, you know, you have a thousand. You know, I, I could have, I could have bought we Apple and and, and uh, um, uh, we all could have Microsoft. You know, the IPOs. Um, but instead, I invested everything I had in a Betamax franchise. <laughs> so, um, because I, I want to be ahead of the game. I mean, five years ago, if we had invested uh, what ten grand in Bitcoin, you'd probably have close to seven hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Whether that's real money or not. You, you have to have the money to invest. Right. You know? Personalized broadcast brought to you by Omaha Steaks. OmahaSteaks.com. Type in the search bar HH for a very special deal. 75% off on my family pack. And actually it's, it's a great, uh, it's a great package. Again, OmahaSteaks.com. Search bar HH. We, we love this pack. And, uh, more on that later, but, but do that. OmahaSteaks.com. In the search bar HH or just go to HagmanReport.com. Click on the Link will take over there, and in the search bar, HH. Got to remember that for the special offers. So we see the reactions from many people about this tax bill. It's it's good news so far, but nothing has been passed or solidified. Um, but we see this again, another media attempt across the board. Joe Scarborough, Chris Matthews, even a, a Democratic congressman talking about. Uh, you know, Trump being impeached. Joe Scarborough rants about Trump being mentally unstable. I talked about this on the Daily Show today. Um, I'm going to tell you right now. 
it, it, I, t- I, I talked about this. You talked about it on the Daily Show. I talked about this on the morning show. The target is Donald Trump. And watch what's going on with Mike Flynn. Do you, do you, you've been watching that? Yeah, uh, I haven't been watching that. Now, now, one thing I heard Savage say today or yesterday was he thought that he wondered if these uh, sexual harassment and assault allegations are going to come full circle back to Donald some of the people who made complaints against him. What, the sexual, the sexual allegations? Yes. Oh, against yeah, Donald Trump. Yeah, okay. And I, I thought Man. that was kind of interesting uh, uh, take on it because is that possible? I see it picking up on social media, on, on the memes on social media, but I don't, I don't see it in the, um, I, I don't know. It could very well be. But, but I, look, I, I think even beyond, aside from that, I really believe where the biggest exposure is, is Michael Flynn. I really believe that because on Wednesday, last Wednesday, um, the, the grand jury testimony stopped, which means, or was halted by Mueller, which means that the, there was some deal making going on with Michael Flynn, and Michael Flynn, of course, is being squeezed. His son's being squeezed, and they can make you talk. And it's not. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that that's what's going on. So um, I think Mueller and and those people. By the way, are, are you, do you see still? And I'm going to ask you this because we have not spoken about this. Are there people out there who believe that Mueller is doing this? You know, oh, we're gonna we're gonna get. All the criminal cabal, you know, Hillary and yeah. Okay, so um, not to, uh, I'm not saying this to to put down Liz Crokin, but I saw an article today on her website, and I'm pulling it up right here just to make sure I get the the wording right. It's an article she wrote today. How Mueller and President Trump are pulling the biggest sting in history. You, you know, you hope that to be true, right? Absolutely, you hope it to be true. But I, I no, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it at all. And again, not, not, hey, Liz, uh, you know, hats off to you, uh, for your research and for your analysis. However, I'm not buying it. And we're going to be talking about the uh, background of Robert Mueller with Kevin Ship and Craig Sawyer. And we're also going to get their take on what it exactly it is he's doing in Washington, D.C., Robert Mueller. So we'll hear from them. But yes, we are, I mean, I see, I still see things on the sealed indictments. I still see things on this. Yeah, Robert Mueller is is working with Trump, and I don't believe it. As you said, we we wish that were to be the case, but with the history of Mueller and his associates, it is less than not likely. And well, that's well, just the way it is. Well, I mean, okay, look at Weissman and and um, Sean Hannity had a wonderful um, two nights ago. He had this very good analysis, and of course, Sidney Powell, the author of. Um, well, she's a former federal prosecutor. That's the most relevant. And she wrote a book about how the Justice Department works. Weissman's tactics, as evidenced by what he did to Mueller, and, of course, going back to the Arthur Anderson slash Enron uh, uh, prosecution or persecution, if you look at Weissman, how he took down a, a company that employed 85,000 people all across the, the globe um, and, uh, unnecessarily and without mercy, now, was was Arthur Anderson guilty of anything? There was no criminal intent. As a matter of fact, uh, Weissman had um, he had talked to the judge, uh, or he had uh, as the prosecutor, he, his input to the judge as to the jury or as to the instructions, the charging instructions left out criminal intent. 
So that made it very easy for a conviction, which took down Arthur Anderson, the accounting company. This is, this is Andrew Weissman. This is the kind of guy he is. The 5 a.m. no knock enter into, um, Paul Manafort's house. Again, this is the kind of guy he is working with Mueller. This is not a good thing. And the overzealous prosecution. This is an out of control Department of Injustice. Yeah. Folks, look, it's not good. And so, and I'm very concerned about, because you can make this sound any, any way you want. I'm very concerned about this turning into taking down Donald Trump, the President of the United States, in such a manner that it will cause a, 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 an unforgiving fracturing of our country. And I think that this is exactly what the deep state is going for. But you mentioned something, your research, your, Joe, you, you've been on this about the 25th Amendment, about the yeah. mental aspects. And it's come back in the news, uh, well, the last few days. Okay. Now, hold that thought, and I'm just going to toss this out, and then we'll go back to that. Because if there is any really fantastic, uh, maneuvering, I think it's Donald Trump's Twitter account. Because I, I think it was absolutely amazing that he mentioned Scarborough yeah. and Lori Klazutis, yeah. the dead intern. And this is where some of, I think some of Scarborough's mental, uh, you know, yep. calls for mental, uh, instability on Trump come from. And Scarborough's brother even replied on Twitter yesterday stating that he, he was, you know, one of the biggest Donald Trump supporters in the whole world. Until but he's withdrawing that, right? his support because of Trump's tweeting of fake news and, you know, false allegations. But what's interesting about that is, um, you know, the calling for Donald Trump called, I would say, as a Twitter thing, when he says investigate, he's not saying he's going to open an investigation. No, no. He's saying somebody, you know, look at this, investigate this. That, okay, uh, that is a, but, Precious destabilizing tactic. Right. But think about this. The, the, what was her name? Lori, Lori Klazutis. Yeah. Lori Klazutis. Klazutis. Okay. Right. A 28 year old. Yeah. So how many 28 year olds, uh, you know, pass out from blood clots and hit their heads on the side of desks and die? I don't know. I've never heard that with any 20 something year old ever well, in my life. The, the coroner, the, the medical examiner. was a, a, a it was a birth defect in the heart. Right. A, a valve defect that caused her Cause her to lose consciousness, hit her head on on the corner of a desk, and uh, fracture her skull and die. Now, I'm going to tell you right now because she, she ran an AK marathon. She was in top mm-hmm. physical condition, but the the medical examiner on this case was lost his license, uh, and I think it was uh, it was a different state. I don't have the notes in front of me, but but when you look at the, all of the irregularities surrounding this. Um, yeah, this needs some attention. Now, I'm right. not saying that there's any kind of no, nefarious no, 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 activity. No. Just investigate this, please. But look at the history of you know people in positions of power, specifically in, in members of Congress and the Senate, and deaths around them. There seems to be a, a, a disproportionate amount of strange deaths that surround these people. Yeah. And everything when you're dealing, especially because Joe Scarborough, didn't he resign right after that? Well, he announced his right. He announced he said he was going to take uh, some time off, spend it with his family, and of course, uh, you know, he did so. Um, 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I, I don't, I don't recall, and again, I don't have the notes in front of me. I do have a file on Lori Klazer, this yeah. Scarborough, but I, I don't recall if he made the announcement before or after that happened. Uh, seems to me it was right after it happened, but. If I remember correctly, yeah. yes, that, that's yeah. the, the case. So today, MSNBC Morning Joe host Joe Scarborough went on a rant about President Donald Trump being mentally unstable and called out Secretary of Defense James Mattis. Excuse me, and other members of the Trump cabinet for not taking action. Scarborough began his rant by saying the United States is not fined, and he asked, when is the right time for the cabinet to remove the president from office? Uh, he goes on from there. Um, yet he, Trump, is completely detached from reality. <clears throat> we had a New York Times and Washington Post piece saying so a couple of days ago. Well, that seals the deal for me, right? And the question is, <laughs> Mika, if this is not what the 25th Amendment was drafted for, then what was it drafted for? So what Scarborough is saying, he, okay, Trump's mentally unfit, and this is what the 25th Amendment is drafted for. The 25th Amendment is drafted for somebody who is mentally unfit, but they're trying to throw this no, label on it Trump. Was, it was now, drafted for the succession based on right. assassinations. Well, assassinations and, and, and medical... Incapacitation, right. So... He goes on to say that the cabinet members represent 320 million people whose lives are literally in your hands, Scarborough said, and we are facing a showdown with a nuclear power, and you have somebody inside the White House that the New York Daily News says is mentally unfit. The people close to him say he's mentally unfit. The people close to him during the campaign told me he had early stages of dementia. Now listen, you can get mad at me if you want to. You can say that's not okay to say, but at this point, it's reality. Yeah, your twisted reality. See, this is what bothers me. Well, all of it bothers me. But what what they're trying to make the argument about they they, they come, when this issue of mental instability comes up, and Joe Scarborough was not the only one to say so today. Another MSNBC uh, favorite, Chris Matthews, Commander in Chief, is measurably incapable of deciphering reality. Chris Matthews questioned President Trump's sanity on Wednesday night's hardball. What is going on in Trump's head when he says this stuff? Meaning is what? It a print- <laughs> yeah, what it stuff? I, I, didn't, uh, I don't know. He says, is it a printout of his thinking process? Is it evidence of his inability to discern reality from what he thinks reality should be? If so, we're in deep trouble. We're facing a nuclear threat from North Korea with a commander-in-chief incapable of deciphering reality. So they keep... Every time they bring up this uh, 25th Amendment, mental, mentally unfit, they constantly bring up nuclear weapons. Of course. Because who he can't be in control of the nuclear weapons, and it's not like he's the one launching you know, missiles all around Asia Pacific and uh, you know, threatening other countries um, you know, just willy-nilly. We have a North Korea, Willy an who? isolated nation of North Korea. It's basically one big concentration camp and has been for generations that has nuclear capabilities, that has threatened every and any nation around them, threatened the U.S. with annihilation, launching missiles, you know, into the Sea of Japan, threatening South Korea. And you have Trump trying to resolve an issue that's been, you know, basically fell in his lap from presidents not dealing with the issue or kicking the can down the road beforehand. And what do you do? How do you, I mean... is this conflict going to be resolved by violence? Probably. 
uh, ultimately, whenever everything's said and done, yes. I, I believe that. I believe it's... So how do we... A, a, well, look, I believe it's an attempt to take down, take out Donald Trump through the impeachment process. Failing that, it's going to be through the 25th Amendment. Well, and you're seeing... And failing that, well, then what? Then it's going to be a JFK moment, I believe. Well, that's what we're looking at then, because they're not going to be able to get the um, impeachment... Barring, I mean, look what they're 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 so upset about today. Paul Joseph Watson did a great video. I, I want to do videos like him. I really <laughs> yeah. do. Yeah, I do too. Uh, the video is titled uh, "The Truth About Britain First. Just go to search Paul Joseph Watson, and he makes great arguments. He he talks about Theresa May, uh, Sadiq Khan, the mayor of Lon- London, yep. and all these you know crazy, insane liberal psychopaths in both the U.S. and U.K. media that are more upset about Trump calling out the ideology of uh, extreme Islam rather than, or more so than, the terrorist attacks and terrorists who kill and injure their own citizens. They're saying Trump is, is a lunatic, is mentally unstable for pointing out the violence of uh, from Islam against the Western world. They're not angry about the, the violence or the terrorism. They're angry about Trump Showing and um, promoting the truth on Twitter, whether the examples he used were actual real life events or, um, as some say, they're fake. I-, I haven't looked into any of them. I don't know. It doesn't matter. What are you referring to? The the Britain First Muslim anti Muslim videos. That oh, I oh, 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 This oh. is what they have a huge issue about. Oh, this. yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I got it. Okay. So, and this is what what Chris Matthews is talking about. What's going on in Trump's head when he says this stuff? You know, um, it's referring to his tweets. And you saw, you know, Theresa May and the mayor of London demand an apology from Donald Trump. People are in the British Parliament are saying what he said is a hate crime. If he comes here, the MPs need to arrest him. Never mind the actual terrorism that's carried out. I mean, these people defend these terrorists at every turn. So anyway, back to Chris Matthews, back to Joe Scarborough. Oh boy, how is this going to end? Now we have the another side of this where you have the the rabid hey, liberal you know, media saying he's, my leg. he's mentally unstable. Well, this uh, Trump insiders claim unstoppable momentum despite media um, craziness. Nearly a year into the Trump presidency, top aides and allies feel good about the direction and achievements, crediting the president's stamina and 100% energy to fight past critics, especially the media. If media coverage was fair, unbiased down the middle, there would be 100 stories about the unstoppable momentum and energy of the Oval Office. The critics did the very same thing with Ronald Reagan, added Christopher Rudy, the president of Newsmax and a Trump ally, and Donald Trump is 100 times more engaged than Ronald Reagan. And this article goes on to detail some of Trump's accomplishment, noting that he took no time off after the 12-day trip, Asia trip, and that you know uh, that that that, that, that tires me out thinking about it. They just uh, that twenty thousand two hundred ninety five miles. I, I remember going six hundred miles and being <laughs> dead on my butt. You know, so, twenty years ago. And then we have you know the the list of of Trump accomplishments, the media obviously, and the to say oh nothing has been accomplished. He's he's uh you know incompetent. He's a baboon. He's a fool. But, you know, from Neil Gorsuch to the Supreme Court to the tax bill that's about to pass, and you don't even have to count the tax bill. There is a long list of accomplishments and things he's done uh, already. And just imagine if 
Hillary Clinton had become president. Just the fact that she is not the president, if he were to do nothing, it would be a hundred thousand times better than her being president for one week. Yeah, if he, he did be, nothing he for eight years. Uh, right, right, right. But, but, you know, I, 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 it never gets old. I, I've watched the, uh, uh, the Young Turks and some other, <laughs> other, uh, uh, the videos from election night. It yes. just never gets old watching you watch that. that 26 minute, uh, Election night, Young Turks coverage from yeah, like, uh, yeah. maybe 6 p.m. Yeah. until after midnight, and, and I did. It never gets old. No, yeah. it went from a 99.9 percent yeah. chance of Hillary winning to him swearing at the New York Times election ticker. Uh, I watched I, it I the other day too, and, and it's it, it, it. But see, I, look with Twitter and stuff and his communication with the American people. I, I truly believe that this is what the American people want. They, they want this frankness from our government. Um, it was during the right. night when I, when I, I saw it on the history, I think it was the history channel in the office. Um, and I happened to see this about the presidents and, uh, certain, te- certain methods of the presidents. And I think that Donald Trump will go down in history as, as, as being brilliant in his conversations with the people, which I think Twitter is part of, but the other, the other side of things. I mean, I look, uh, I think he's brilliant in talking with people, but absolutely. And you know. he's, you know, one of the things that I appreciate about Trump is he's not afraid to call these people out for what they are. And when he does that, they react like they're outraged and shocked. Like their propaganda and lies are supposed to go unchecked. And when somebody does call them out for it, they're the unstable one. They're the enemy. And one of the comments on this Joe Scarborough article says the following. Let's see. Liberals like Morning Joe believe, you know, there's more than two genders. Uh, there's no such things as men and women. Bill Clinton never had sex with that woman. Ted Kennedy didn't kill a waitress. Hillary Clinton didn't sell uranium to the Russians. And on and on and on. Sounds to me like the media are the ones who are mentally unfit. I think that comment is very fitting. And earlier on the the Daily Show, you know, we talked about um, how this this men, this ideology of liberalism is infecting everything and ruining everything. But it seems like anything that is good and righteous, these people call evil and ugly. And that speaks to the spiritual nature of, uh, and origins of where these attacks are coming from. And it is, um, fascinating to watch. And Trump made a, uh, over the Thanksgiving holiday, are we taking, over the Thanksgiving holiday, Trump issued a series of tweets on the media. Right. I see that. And we're going to get into a poll in response to that tweet. Rasmussen poll, Americans give Fox News the fake, fake news trophy. Who did they pull, MSNBC workers? We're going to get into this on the other side. You're listening to this edition of the Hagman Report. Welcome back to this edition of the Hagman Report, Global Star Radio Network. Thank you so much for carrying our program, Blog Talk Radio as well, folks. Uh, you know, it's going to be. I'm going to tell you something uh, soon. 
you just it, we are not going to be able to be broadcasting many places. Global Star, of course, is a, a great uh, is a is a great place to broadcast. We thank Global Star for carrying our program coast to coast and across uh, all of North America. So thank you, Blog Talk Radio as well. There you can click the follow button, and I would follow both Joe's show, my show, the morning show, Doug Hagman Radio Show Morning, and uh, John and Joe's show, and. Uh, um, I, I would definitely do that. Click the follow button on whichever shows you want to follow or all of them. It's up to you. Please do that, as a matter of fact, on BTR. That does elevate our rankings within the infrastructure of the BTR system. All right. And even if you just, if you follow us and never listen to us, that helps us too. Because again, that elevates our um, to, to some extent, it, it, it elevates our, our visibility there within BTR within the infrastructure. Now, or if you, if you, uh, you can set it as a to, to follow, and then listen on the platform of your choice. We are not on YouTube, and that's by choice. Although Joe and John will put up occasionally their show, I will not do that. Now, uh, Joe is, is on a roll, and he's going to be getting into some more um, information, especially about Imran Awan and the Awan criminal cabal. But before we do, let me ask you a question. Are you struggling to find that perfect gift? You know, the gift-giving season is upon us. Someone who has it all, or maybe you want to give something different, I've got the best gift idea for you, and you're going to love it because it saves you money. Plus, I give it to myself just to try it out. And I loved getting it. I loved eating it. I loved using it. It was just tremendous. It was The presentation was fabulous. The the food was fabulous. I'm talking about Omaha Steaks. OmahaSteaks.com. Go there. Let me tell you about how for just $49.99 you can get, and think about that, it's $150. You can get my family gift back when you go to OmahaSteaks.com and enter our code HH in the search bar. That's 75% off. And, and even while you're there, shop, because they've got over 500 gift gourmet gift ideas. They've got great steak experiences at, at home, of course, the most flavorable tender aged beef. They've got online recipes, wine pairings, much more. It's in fact their their beef is aged over twenty one days to unlock the full flavors of the cuts, hand trimmed and vacuum sealed. But but right now, Omaha Steaks is giving to you, the listeners of the Hagman Report. That's to you, the listeners of the Hagman Report, an exclusive savings. Here's what you're going to get for less than fifty dollars. Now, now listen to this: two filet mignons, two top sirloins. Two boneless pork chops, four boneless chicken breasts, four burgers, four potatoes au gratin, one caramel apple tartlet, or I'm sorry, four caramel apple tartlets. If there was one, there'd be a war in the Hagman household, I'll tell you that. Um, uh, one Omaha steak seasoning packet, which is just fabulous for seasoning the steaks. I don't know what they put in that, but I want the recipe. And of course, four kielbasa sausages. But if you order now and use HH in the search bar, you'll get four additional kielbasa sausages, sausages free. So here's what you need to do. Go to omahasteaks.com, enter our code HH in the search bar, and you get a 75% savings. It's a gift that's guaranteed to be a hit. And let me tell you something. When you smell Oh, when you smell the aroma of the steaks cooking over over maybe a charcoal grill, depending on where you live in the in the United States. Hey, even if it's snowing out, go out there and fire up the grill. Oh, and and you you just cut into that the the filet mignon, the meat, and that and and get that waft of the the the, the scent of the oh man, you can't beat it. OmahaSteaks.com, HH in the search bar. You will thank me later. Now, Joe, you were talking about. 
a bunch of stuff. We have to get into Imran Awan and uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz because there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on there. But before the break, you were talking about a number of things. Go yeah, ahead. I was talking about um, a, a tweet Trump put out on the 27th of November. We should have a contest as to which of the networks plus CNN, and not including Fox, is the most dishonest, corrupt, and or distorted in its political coverage of your favorite president, me. They are all bad, winner to receive the fake news trophy. So there's an article on The Hill in response to this. Rasmussen poll, American Americans give Fox News the fake news trophy. Now, I don't know if these people don't understand what it is they read. See, in the president's tweet, he said not including Fox News. So that's their first mistake right there. In including Fox News in what they say is 40% of Americans, which was the highest of, of any of the networks, uh, 40% of Americans think Fox News should get the fake news trophy. Now, let me ask you if these numbers sound correct. 40% of Americans said Fox News was the number one fake news. 25% said CNN was the number one fake news. ABC, CBS, and NBC, only 5% of people said it was fake news. Okay. That does not, I mean, who are they interviewing? Who are they polling here? That's my uh, question. They, they went to Berkeley, UC Berkeley, I'm pretty sure. Or, or perhaps, and think about that. To me, that, that's, yeah, that, that, that's pretty well skewed. Now, I know that some would argue we are fake news, obviously. Because that's the way they do this. That's the way that the, the people will, will, will do this. The, the Hagman Report, um, and programs like ours, fake news. Good, prove it. You know, you know but I, I'm getting tired of that 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 phrase, the, that fake news. It's being misapplied. Um, well, it's like what we talked about yesterday with uh, the changing definitions and the. I mean, right. The way that things are presented now, it's so opinionated, so emotional, where there's no. Yeah, you know, somebody's opinion yeah. is not a fact of an argument. Well, it's agenda driven. All of the news is agenda driven, and even ours. Look, we are not newscasters. Just look. I am not a minister. I'm not a pastor, and I'm not a newscaster. News analyst, maybe. Right. We provide you information that that we that we believe is important, and we provide it to you through a biblical worldview, and that's agenda driven. So we admit that. Um, however, we base our information on facts. Yet people will say, and I, I, I can't believe. Um, no, I can't believe. I, I can't believe that the war that's uh, that that is being waged against our program and people and programs like ours. And that's not to keep dragging this up, but it's gonna it's gonna take uh, a lot of programs like ours down. And, and trust me when I tell you this. Um, the landscape across the internet news next year is not going to be the same as it is this year. I guarantee you. And, and you know what? You know what really is interesting to me. Uh, there was a uh, an author slash journalist slash in my no, you know, I'm not going to. I'll get in trouble for using that adjective. Um, saying that uh, it should be a uh, it should be a. Um, against the law to lie to a journalist. Now, think about that for a second. Wait, what? It yeah. used to be against the law? No, it should be against the law to lie to a journalist or to lie to a reporter. I can understand that. I can't. 
if it, I mean, so you would have against the law, but it should uh, be a crime. Uh, I'm sorry, the, 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 the verbiage, the Look verbiage. And then post this week, right? Was it the last week of this week? I don't remember, but what he did was he sent, he, he basically put a sting operation trying to plant a Roy Moore accuser to the Washington Post, right? Making claims that uh, this woman claimed that I guess Roy Moore had sex with her and got her pregnant and had an abortion, but the Washington Post figured it out because they did some investigation into the woman making the claims and found out that she was uh, active in a number of conservative causes and they also okay. saw her walking into Project Veritas uh, yeah, according I, I, to the report I, which I don't okay. know if I buy that but I, I, I kind of do but but see don't isn't it up to the reporters to verify of the course. information but, but but to make it a crime to to lie to a reporter to right, me you can't do that i misspoke uh, oh, i must have not heard you yeah okay i just want you to think about that for a second making it a, cry, a crime to lie to a reporter you've got people that are lying before congress that are not telling the truth you got people that are lying in in trials it, it, to me inf- enforce those laws and I'm not advocating lying to a reporter. Believe me, I'm not doing that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying to make it a crime to lie to a reporter. And I see some people advocating for that. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, it makes me wonder what their what their end game end game objective is, because these are some of the same people who are attempting to, for example, uh, to regulate what you can and can't say on the internet. For example, you cannot. Uh, criticize Islam. And I saw a videotape, and I don't know, or a videotape, I saw a video of a woman, and it was on my Twitter feed, and I, and I can't get back to it. With it. She's, she was sentenced to two years in prison for criticizing uh, Islam. She was in London, transported. Did anyone see that? No. Okay. I'm asking the vast studio audience we have here. Um, yeah, it was just, it, it, it was... So we're not far from that Orwellian kind of, uh, again, I'm not advocating lying. That's not what I'm doing, although many people, after me having said that, I guarantee you, people are going to write about me on the Internet saying, oh, he, he's, he lied. See, see, he's a liar. My attorney's going to be calling me up saying, hey, you know, uh, trust me, you have no idea what goes on behind the scenes. None. No one does. Right. Phone starts ringing at 7 in the morning. Yeah. It doesn't stop until midnight, and it's that No, it's nonstop. And I always wonder what fresh hell that's going to bring. All right, a few things here. Um, this just came across. This was just published a few minutes ago by The Hill. Leon Panetta, Trump is playing with fire with Muslim tweets. This is an example of what I was talking about earlier. Former CIA director Leon Panetta sharply criticized President Trump on Thursday, accusing him of playing with fire after the president retweeted three anti-Muslim videos from the right-wing British group Britain First. Now, they say three anti-Muslim videos. They're only anti-Muslim because the content is Muslims uh, committing violence on other people. So this goes on to say, Panetta said on CNN, the Situation Room, that the Trump administration needs to put in place checks in the White House to ensure Trump's tweets don't jeopardize lives. So now him pointing out the truth Whoa. of Islam really? is, is what's dangerous. Not the actual terrorists, not the ideology, not the belief system of violence and, and culture of death. It's his tweets calling in the truth out. This is what I'm talking about with 
Wow. He goes on to say, I think the President of the United States is playing with fire. This is a dangerous game to play, and the President, frankly, ought to know better. Okay, so the 22 classified emails that Judicial Watch was able to uncover from Hillary Clinton that were classified that the Inspector General went on the record and said, and again, it's on my Twitter feed, but um, that, that said that they were uh, contained sensitive information that could cost lives. The hell with that. Right. Trump's tweets. Trump's tweets. Showing Islam for what it is is what's dangerous. Okay. Theresa May even said, British people overwhelmingly reject the prejudice rhetoric of the far right, which is the antithesis of the values that this country represents. Decency, tolerance, and respect. It's wrong for the president to have done this. I'm not even. I'm going to move on because that it's self I like it when you get fired up. These people are are just no. Let the, don't move on. And kind of dwell in it. Let, 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 let it fester well, inside you. No, come on, come on. Get fired up. I, I am fired up. I'm trying to restrain myself, but it's so frustrating. I don't even know what else to say. Uh, you got. It seems like the whole world or the world that is shown to us is insane, and they continue. That's what to I tell push my wife. The insanity every morning when I leave. I. Further and further and further. I, I mean, it doesn't even make sense, and it doesn't have to. I guess they, there's these people out there who just who eat it up. And then on the other side, here in America, uh, conservative pressure on session sessions grows. Frustration is mounting on the right over Attorney General Jeff Sessions' reluctance to open an investigation into Hillary Clinton. Do your freaking job, will you? Do your job, Sessions. Do your job. Okay, for the for crying out loud, and you have a number of people saying just that. Even resign if you don't do your job. Get or Larry Kling right. of Freedom Watch. Lead, follow, or get the hell out of the way, or put Tom Fitton in judicial or, or in uh, from Judicial Watch in as Attorney General. He'll get more done in one flippin' day than Sessions and all of the Obama holdovers have done since day one. All right, we've got to we, look. Just because Hillary Clinton lost this election, she's still trying to reverse the results. She still has to be accountable for her crimes. You've the got Rosenstein. You think she won still? So. Uh, I, yeah, exactly. So let's okay. So we have to push these people aside who are not doing their job. Eric just threw up his hands and told me to keep my voice down and modulate my voice. Apparently, I apparently I broke a piece of I don't know a very, very expensive piece of equipment because I was yelling. Uh, so okay, but but here's yeah, we have to. Uh, this is crunch time. This is this is crunch time. And I want to tell you something too. The, the people who are out there who are uh, typing, uh, transcribing this program. All right. Uh, thank you. I, I wonder if you could send us transcripts. If I could, if we could work out a deal, if you could send us the transcripts. Um, we, we do have people that that listen to this, and for the sole purpose of. Uh, Recording exactly what we say for nefarious reasons, at least in my view, for nefarious reasons. So, because we'd like to do that and it would help us out a lot for transcripts. But, uh, no, Joe, go on. I'm sorry. I just, I, I kind of well, hijacked no, this, uh, the conversation. I didn't mean to. This article goes on to say that uh, a growing number of people in the conservative media, in the White House, Fox News anchors, analysts, and pundits are cutting loose on sessions and getting, uh, Increasing the attacks on him, GOP lawmakers and conservative operatives say a range of activities are ripe for investigation, from reports of the Clinton campaign 
and the inappropriate power it had over the Democratic National Committee during the primary to allegations of the sale of uranium mining company to Russian state-owned firm for her own personal monetary enrichment are are things that should easily be able to be investigated. But But the fact that Sessions recused himself unnecessarily from the Russian investigation leading way or paving the way for the special counsel is a huge problem, and this is where the problem with Sessions begins. I just I saw in the chat Tom Fenton's not an attorney. I understand that. I know. I know, but he could do a better job. Sorry. So carry on. The uh, what's going to happen here? I mean, we I've said it for a while now. Jeff Sessions does need to go. Um, They the DOJ will not confirm or deny that there is an investigation, and said that they don't do things to to grab sensational headlines. But it seems that a growing number of people uh, are now jumping on board. Um, one of the per- people spearheading it is Greg Jarrett, a, a Fox News legal analyst. Who's been I love writing. his writings. He's been doing a lot of great work on this subject, and along with Sean Hannity. And not to, to oh, Peter, change Peter Chalka's too. Right. Go on Hagman Report, Peter Chalka wrote an article, The Resistance Targets Hannity as the Number Two Most Wanted Man. That's up on Hagman Report from today. And he details um, <clears throat> what is the latest media reporting and attacks on Sean Hannity, citing a uh, article, How Far Will Sean Hannity Go in Defense of President Trump? That article is the best article, I believe, that, sh- that Peter Barry Chaka has written for the Hagman Report. This one? That one. That one is cl- classic. I shouldn't say the best because they're all good, but that one is like right between the eyes. Here it is, bang, smack, you know. A boom. That's the one because it's so right on the money. Uh, it, it, it addresses the New York Times piece or the right. Yeah, yeah. It talks about uh, early on in the article. It describes Hannity as being a, a hosting a fact-free program, and Peter writes this really. Hannity's broadcasts on Fox News for at least the past six months have been filled not only with probing and verifiable facts but the input of some of the most credible and accomplished investigative journalists from mainstream publications. And it, it, it goes on from there. It's a, it's a and don't forget, Peter's going to be with us tomorrow night. Yeah, he's going to be on. I missed him on uh, on Tuesday, Yeah, but he's well, scheduled twice this week. So I, I had him myself, so and it was good. So I'm glad, I'm glad you're going to be back. I hope will be here tomorrow. Uh, I, look, he's right. As a matter of fact, the segmented piece from Peter Barry Chaka will be up tonight after tonight's program. I deliberately waited to break that piece until after tonight's program because of that article. Okay. Yeah, so. definitely looking forward to having him on tomorrow. I want to talk about this real quick. Um, this is up on Hagman Report also. It deals with the Awan brothers and what is going on in their case. A court date for former Democratic IT aide has been postponed by more than a month after the attorney for the defendant, a former Hillary Clinton aide, said he's seeking to block prosecutors from using the uh, evidence that appears to include a government laptop tied to Representative Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Now, this is interesting what uh, the reasons are behind trying to get this evidence suppressed. The government has been in discussions with counsels for the defendants regarding complex discovery issues and other legal issues in the case. The issues surrounding claims of attorney-client privilege are being raised by Imran Awan, court file, court papers filed Tuesday say. So, this is what's going on. I, I just want to jump in and say this. It was not, and, and look in my eyes. 
trust me, trust me, I'll tell you this. Imran Awan did not, did not leave that package himself. Go ahead. Well, it doesn't matter if he did or not. Oh, it, it kind of does matter. when you think about it. It doesn't but, even matter in this article if, what's that issue here is what the backpack contained. One, his ID, his Pakistan ID, a driver's license, uh, three, his congressional ID, four, an Apple laptop, five, composition notebooks with notes handwritten saying attorney-client privilege and possibly discussing case details and loose letters addressed to U.S. attorney of D.C. discussing apparent owner of the bag being investigated. This article says it's unclear how handwritten how the handwritten note saying attorney-client privilege could be construct, uh, construed to cover a hard drive rather than the pages of the notebook it was written on. But this is the argument being raised by the attorney for Imran Awan, saying that the notes in the notebook that were in the book bag with the laptop saying attorney-client privilege pertains to this hard drive. Now, this article makes a... a a good case. Are you going to Andrew McCarthy's point? Yes. There you go. Because I'm going to tell you right. I'm going to tell you right now. Just because if I wrote attorney-client privilege on a document, if you wrote attorney-client privilege on a, it, it don't make it so to shoot somebody. Yeah. With it. it don't make it exactly. so. And that's what Andrew McCarthy says. A former chief assistant U.S. attorney who's been following the case says the attorney-client privilege only applies to communications between the client and lawyer that are for the purpose of seeking legal advice and that are intended by both parties to be kept confidential. Asserting that someone or something is attorney-client protected does not make it so. You still have to show that the material in question constitutes communication strictly between the lawyer and the client that were for the purpose of seeking legal advice. If I give a lawyer my bank records and ask him if they showed evidence of a crime, <laughs> the bank records do not become attorney-client privilege. Correct. Only his advice to me would be privileged. And if I stuck a sign on my bank records that said attorney-client privilege, privilege documents, that would not make them privileged. And by the way, it, and, it's a great and, and there's another thing, too. If you go into an, an attorney's office, and I don't know how many people have had to experience this, sometimes you say, hey, you know what, I'm going through this. Uh, why don't you come along with me and go to the attorney's office with me? And you, you, you sit down with the attorney. attorney privilege if you bring a third party. There you go. And that's going to come into play in this case, not in this. Because you said that. You don't know who left the bag. It wasn't Imran Awan. I can, I, I promise you that. And, and I, I, there's a lot of stuff and watch because I've got some stuff coming out about this. And this is so the hearing been was, a year in common. And the hearing was postponed to January 8th, which was originally scheduled to before Thanksgiving, but due to the amount of uh, evidence and discovery that was handed over to the defense, the lawyers need time to review it. That is the reason for the postponement. And I see no problem. No, but you know what? The, the indictment was so narrow. And this is something that we have done. Right. And police overcharge all the time. But oh, yeah. in this case, you know, they're they're doing what they can to, to help. Yeah, it's, it's not, ridiculous. Not all the charges he deserves. Okay, and, and this is why I find the idea behind the Mueller, um, the probe so laughable because if you look at all of the, um, everything associated with, with, with Clinton, with Wasserman Schultz, with the DNC, and with Donald Trump, it's all interconnected and it's an incestuous swamp of, uh, swamp denizens that are, that are there doing this. Look, it's, it's, uh, Whoa. you know. Remember the uh, case of yep. Kate DeSignley. Steinley. Not guilty. 
The guy who shot the newscaster on air on the pier in San Francisco found not guilty. And, and, he was okay. on camera. So was it was it San Francisco? What jury? Where's the, where, where was the trial held? All right, this is enough. If that's if that's the case, what in the hell is going on here? This is enough. This was this okay. This wasn't the newscaster, but either way, she was walking with her father, right? Kate Steinle. Yeah, it says a jurors have found not guilty in San Francisco killing, and yeah, it's San Francisco. San Francisco. What the hell's wrong with you people? Now, obviously, I wasn't there in the jury wow. box. I wasn't there. I, look, I'm not. I don't have the. I don't, I don't have the. Um, uh, papers, but but this is a travesty. Yeah, this isn't the. I, I confuse these cases. This isn't the case where the newscaster was shot live on camera. But still, uh, the guy shot the gun. He doesn't even deny that. The bullet that came out of the gun killed this woman. That's not in dispute either. I have a file here on this. Let me see if the I gun can. belonged to a federal. Bureau of Land Management Ranger and was stolen from his parked car a week right. earlier. The bullet ricocheted on the pier's concrete walkway before it struck her, killing her. He uh, admitted to shooting it, but said right. it was an accident. So it's intent. So was it a... Yeah, it's a matter of probably the prosecution not putting so, the charges at, at a... You know, probably going for first-degree murder instead of something a little bit lesser in order to get the conviction. So this could be the okay. prosecution's fault, not the. No, it's, fault. it's look, look, look. Uh, you, now this guy, this is an illegal though, correct? An illegal. Yep. yep. Having a firearm. Yep. Admitting to shooting it. And, and admitting to shooting the gun. Just well, I didn't intend to kill her. Okay, so you have an an individual in here illegally. Now watch, it's going to be blamed on the gun. I don't know. It's um. And as we predicted, on a, on, a, on a better note, as we predicted, as we said on this program, Antifa and some of the other groups are under investigation by the Sessions DOJ for domestic terrorism. More yeah. on that. Not Antifa, because Antifa is the ideology. The well, anarchist the extremists who are part of Antifa, right. they said. We'll be right back with Kevin Ship and Craig Sawyer right after this. Don't go anywhere. plug in my headset here. So, yeah, again... Um, you need help over there or what? Suspect found not guilty, acquitted of murder and manslaughter. So they did have a lesser charge there. They didn't even charge him with manslaughter? So, okay, so if, if your last name is Garcia, you have a, let's see, a stolen weapon, and you fire a gun and kill a legal, lawful resident, a beautiful young lady, it's okay. Hey, well, he was found guilty of uh, possession of a firearm. Oh, okay. Well... Okay. Yeah, it's kind of hard to hard to get out of that, especially well, with the gun residue on you know GSR residue. They say well, goes out of the courtroom. It's expected he will be taken into custody by immigration officials and eventually deported back to his native Mexico. Isn't that a crime wow. against this in the sanctuary city? 
Well, yeah. Where's ACLU? See, and Donald Trump was is absolutely 100% correct in this, in, in getting these elite. Look, I will drive the bus, okay? Donald Trump, look, I, I volunteer. I'll drive the Greyhound bus. You tell me where to, where to go, where to drop these, these aliens off. I will drive the bus and I'll bring John along with me. He can smack the, smack the people, you know, down if they get too rowdy. Now you watch. I'm, the emails will pour in. Okay, I try. You guys see my inbox. You don't want to see my inbox. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I'll drive the bus. One by one. Let's get him out of here. This sad. It's a so sad. So the jury thing. had a number of choices. They could have gone with a second degree yep. verdict, involuntary manslaughter, or consider first degree murder. I don't get it. I'd like to pull the jury yep. to find out what the you know what went on inside that jury room. And as John pointed out, in an artist rendition of the jury listening to the arguments, the one juror has interpretation headphones on, so apparently doesn't even speak English. Well, the jury, your peers, that's that's okay. what you get, right? That's probably pretty accurate. So, so put uh, me, put, how come I never get? Called for jury duty. Well, I've got called, but no one ever picks me for jury duty. I I, I, the defense that. always says, "No, nah, we don't want you." I have shown up growl. I'll show up next time. Oh, I, you know, I, 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 I beg for jury in the duty. Trash. <laughs> no, I look. I, I tell you what, it's your duty. It is. It is. Oh, man, this is. It, it's sad when you think about this. So the tax vote won't happen tonight. Republicans rewriting tax bill and won't vote tonight. GOP leaders are still making major changes to the plan in order to win over several holdouts. No, Kane's going to support it, so I hear. Yeah, yeah, he is going to get behind it. And as we said in the very beginning of the show, over 100 economists talked about how that this is going to be a huge boost to the economy, not only in increasing revenues but more jobs. It will have impacts on, on a number of markets, including more money in our pockets, in corporations and companies' pockets. And we'll see... The results of that over the next few years and an increase okay. in, in GDP, another three to five percent on top of the three point three percent we just saw this quarter. So you're looking at potentially when, when we see the effects of this, uh, economically kicking in, you could be looking at five, six percent GDP. Right. Now, did you see the, did you happen to see the yesterday's news conference when he's talking about the tax bill, uh, Donald Trump was? No, but I heard it was one of the better speeches he's given uh, as well, president. It, it was, to me, it was classic Donald Trump talking to the, directly to the American people, kind of cracking jokes, uh, saying, uh, it, it was, it was just, it, it was, I, I like people who are transparent. I don't like these Politicians who stand up there and who are plastic and, and they're not genuine. But to me, that this is genuine, all out Donald Trump, just cracking, cracking wise and, and uh, being Donald Trump. And this is why this is why there's this appeal among Middle America and the refined, the intellectual elite from the left and right coasts. Of course, the same kind of people who let off the killer of Kate Steinle. Those are the people that. Donald Trump does not appeal to. And, and of course, that yeah. says a lot. We have both of our guests with us. Oh, boy. Oh, Craig man. Sawyer and Kevin Ship, And it's going to be a fantastic two hours. we got a whole bunch of issues we're going to cover. Two of my favorite people. I want to say a, a special thanks to Brent Bolesky, spytheater.com. That's spytheater.com. 
Thank you, Brent Bolesky. Brent Bolesky. He's a, he's a good guy. And i got to tell you, uh, Craig Sawman Sawyer, met him in Chicago. Just a brilliant man. And equally brilliant is Kevin Ship from the Company of Shadows. And the presentation, if you haven't seen the presentation of his shadow government on the, on our YouTube channel, in fact, I'm going to put it back, I'm going to put it up in the, uh, what's that called? Uh, I don't know, at the top there were the featured, you got to watch that. But, uh, we're just going to stand back, right? Because let, let these two add it and just shut, or I'm going to shut up because I want to, I, I want to hear what, what these two gentlemen have to say. And we got an, uh, an awesome number of, of interesting, relevant topics we're going to be getting into. So let's bring our guests on. Uh, Craig Sawyer, welcome back to the Hagman Report. Thank you, gents. I'm happy to be back on. It's great to have you back on. And we have with us Kevin Ship. Kevin, welcome back to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me again. Good to be back on. Hey, Kevin, i, I got to ask you this. And folks in the audience, please pray for Kevin. I mean, he's he had some physical maladies. Uh, how you feeling? You feeling okay? I'm feeling good. As a matter of fact, I think just before I had a full knee replacement, uh, take care of your knees when, when you're younger. Uh, we did a lot of drills falling out on our knees, and I ran on pavement every day for 20 years. So, Greg, you can probably relate to this. You're about 10 times better shape than I am, brother, because I'm, you know, I'm getting up there in years. But I had a full knee replacement, and I went on uh, with you guys before the surgery because, you know, with uh, kind of with my background, who knows? So uh, <laughs> the, re- the reason I did the shadow government uh, overview with you all was just before the surgery, kind of on purpose. But everything went well. I'm back on two feet. I'm back in the gym again, working out. Uh, so thanks for asking. All right, sir. All right. Well, okay. Um, of you two, who, who wants to lead off, Kevin or Saw? Kevin, I'm going to I'm going to let you superintend the. Uh, Kevin, why don't you lead off? Kevin, Schell. well, you know, there, there's a lot of things, and and I'll uh, defer to Craig on some of the, some of his the things that he's an expert on. But you know, as as we can see. Uh, there's obviously a war going on in, in Washington. It's kind of like a thunderstorm where the cold air hits the hot air, and then you then you see the lightning bolts. And we're seeing this concerted effort by what I call the, the shadow government, this, the the secret government, deep state, whatever whatever you want to call it. I think there's a difference between the two, but the, there is a concerted effort going after Donald Trump with a bloodthirsty vengeance. And uh, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. He's questioned uh, some of the CIA activities in the past, the FSA, their connections to al-Qaeda. He's even gone so far as questioning some of the JFK records before he got in office. So so the shadow government, uh, my former agency and others, uh, they're not real happy with uh, President Trump. And then... And I know this is where Craig uh, can jump in. Jump in. Uh, I, I, Ivanka has been appointed to be in charge of the Human Trafficking Task Force, uh, which I think raised a lot of very dark eyebrows on the global setting and made a lot of people very angry and a lot of people very scared. So that added to the impetus to them. I don't think they're going to get them through the 25th Amendment. They've already done a full character assassination. They're going to come back, I think, with some harassment claims if, if they, they can get them. But uh, I think I think effectively... There's a video out there saying this. Uh, you know, his life is is in jeopardy, in, in my humble opinion, just knowing what I know coming from the belly of the beast. Uh, but we're seeing a war uh, going on, and I think that's why the shadow government is is terrified of Donald Trump. And you hear the 
you hear the case all the time, oh, these are Obama plants uh, still still in the intelligence community, and they're going after Donald Trump, and these, these people are kind of left there by Obama. And, and, that's, and you hear that on talk shows. That's simply not true. Uh, these people go all the way back to, to Bush, uh, George W. Bush, Bush Sr., and Clinton. You're talking John Brennan, Mike Morrell, James Clapper, John McCain. These are all dark, deep state, shadow government actors that are after after Donald Trump. So this goes across political affiliations and across administrations. But they're trying to get rid of this man because Donald Trump, whatever you think of him, is who he is. And that's what scares them is he can't be bought, he can't be scared, he can't be manipulated, and apparently so far he can't be blackmailed. And so uh, they're terrified by him. Craig, what do you, what's your assessment of this? We've seen a lot of things from... We've seen a lot of claims, uh, in, and seen this, this struggle between the deep state, and we'll throw the, the CIA in there as part of this deep state and Donald Trump. We see the, the rabid media, you know, constantly attacking him for any and everything he does, uh, good, bad, or indifferent. And do you believe his life's in danger, Craig? I think it is. I, I hope that he's, he's boosted his internal security to the degree appropriate under these unusual circumstances. It's no secret anymore the level of hostility that he is facing. It looks to be unprecedented. It is, it is ridiculous in my mind to observe a man who's doing exactly what he said, what the people elected him to do. He's following through on. And by every measurable standard, things are improving. So you, you see the stock market crushing new highs. You see uh, you know, unemployment down. You see, you know, construction taking off and all the, the signs of the economy taking back off. And, you know, he is following through trying to get the, the taxes lowered. So, uh, for we, the people, this should be a great thing. So <clears throat> I think for, for just people watching, they should, they should question what's going on. Even if they don't know a whole lot going on behind the scenes, they should question anyone that, that's so violently attacking a president who's, who's, by all accounts, is acting in good faith and doing exactly what we, the people, elected him to do. So there's something very, very rotten there. And he, with some of the the information that I know about, I, I'll tell you that he doesn't have even a large chunk of his his administration in place yet. They're still waiting on security clearances. They can't get clearances because apparently the people that are responsible for granting clearances have been victims of brownstone blackmail operations and they're not granting the clearances or they're slow rolling them so i say god help the crooks when so <laughs> once the man gets his cabinet completely in place and, and actually gets fully in gear and, and that's that's a day that i'll celebrate because while he's not perfect he is acting in good faith he's doing uh he's doing things that are helping our countries helping we the people and I think it's it's really sad and very disturbing that uh, such a large portion of our population has been conditioned through a, n- a number of methods to attack him and, and chant uh, the, the same rhetoric that they're hearing through through the the mass media uh, and, and run him down and not even observe what it is that he's actually doing for them. So these are strange times, and and uh, Kevin will walk through. A lot of what he knows behind the scenes. What I'm going to harp on tonight and back Kevin up is, is really what the people need to know. Um, you know, I started off with a, 
a family. I thought it was a normal upbringing, but it really was very unusual. I thought it was like the Leave it to Beaver household. I had a loving mother and father, uh, but we had a lot of visitors. My dad was a, a devout pastor of a church. He was a spiritual man. He was a very good man. He was sincere, and, and he lived what he preached. So he wasn't one of those that, that says one thing and does another. And there were people from all over the world come to our house to visit with him. And he was going on missions with him and, and different things. There were people in our house that were running Bibles uh, behind the Iron Curtain back in the 60s and 70s. Uh, hairy, hairy stuff. Uh, life-threatening stuff. And the, uh, intelligence agencies and race car drivers. Just people that were Christians that were international internationally connected and, and in the know and I grew up hearing discussions about everything that we're seeing now. I've known this was coming my whole life and now to watch it play out uh, it, it, it's very upsetting but it's not surprising and I think there's a season for everything and I, I'll button up for a minute by saying I think right now the season is is a revelation of that which has been dark and unthinkable and has, has been wrapping its uh, an evil that's been wrapping its tentacles around the United States. And I think that final coup de grace, the keys of the kingdom were, were to be handed over to the globalists by Hillary, uh, with an election that had been bought and arranged for her win. So I think, uh, you know, I, I look at it as a supernatural in- intervention that Donald Trump won that election. And I think there's going to be a lot of good things come from it. But, um, I, I think that's what we're seeing now is that clash between good and evil, that struggle for control of the United States. And all of the things that we're seeing are merely symptoms of that struggle for power. And Craig, I, I couldn't agree with you more that, you know, there's supernatural elements at, at play here. And I said this before you guys came on in the last hour that a eight year uh, presidency by Donald Trump doing absolutely nothing is a million times better than Hillary Clinton being president for one week. So that in itself is a victory. Uh, Kevin, I want to, I want to ask you this back to the CIA real quick. We've been hearing rumors and speculation and reports of some kind of conflict between the military and the CIA. We saw reports that Marines had surrounded the CIA building in Langley, and uh, Craig just mentioned the the behind-the-scenes information that has been uh, ongoing. Is there any truth, or have you heard anything about uh, Trump sending the, the Marines to Langley? Well, I, I, I know there's a drill uh, that was happening there, but specifically yeah, for the CIA. That, yes, I, I've been getting that Joe from all over the place, and and have not uh, at all been able to verify that that was uh, Trump sending the Marines in there to to grab CIA files and things. Uh, and I, I've got that from some sites that that had got it from other sites that got it from other sites. So, no, I have not heard that that the Marines have gone. For example, one site said some of the JFK reports that still have not been released. So, no, I can't confirm that. Yeah, that was one of those things. We apologize almost for asking you about that, but to hear it from a credible source like yourself, I had to ask you. So, thanks. Sure, sure. One, of the, one of the things that I did see, guys, was a, an article to that effect from February of 2015, so my assumption, not hearing anything from any of my sources on it, uh, was that somebody had gotten a hold of that older report and and had run with it. Yeah, you would think that one one of us in in this conversation would have got a kind of a hey, <laughs> listen to this kind of thing phone call, but uh, that that absent of that, okay, all right. 
uh, Mr. Shipka one. Um, well, I'd like to echo something Craig said because he nailed it. Uh, uh, Donald Trump's cabinet, many of them are waiting for their security clearances. And having been in that business and having seen this personally, if uh, the agency doesn't want someone in uh, or they don't don't want them to, to have a clearance, they have an entire mechanism to stop that or at least slow it down from happening, even slow it down for years. Uh, for example, a secret clearance, uh, I can't say exactly, but a secret clearance is just a, a matter of days. Top secret, a little, little higher than that. Uh, but it is a shadow government tactic. They tried to use that on me and my attorneys, actually, to uh, stop people from getting access by not granting them a clearance for, for a variety variety of uh, untrue uh, reasons. So you can, you can be sure that if Donald Trump is a, is appointing someone to his cabinet that the shadow government is not happy with, or may is going to may start scrutinizing some of the things the CIA has done with the Free Syrian Army in Syria, for example, you can be sure they are going to slow that clearance down or stop it unless someone can get in there and force them to do it, which is very difficult to do. In in, in our case, it took uh, two years to get my attorney a secret clearance, which you can get in a matter of days. So uh, Craig made an uh, excellent point there. Uh, that, that is that is intentional. That is no accident, and that surely is, is what they're doing. They do not want this man to have access to what they've been doing for the last, shoot, uh, last 10, 20 years, not to mention the last 40. Um, and, and that's the war we're seeing. I, I, I may be like a broken record, but that's the war we keep seeing between the shadow government and Donald Trump. They do not want this man in. The globalists thought they had their global princess who had already been coronated to go in and change America, and all of a sudden there was this great shock. And I agree with Craig. I think it was a divine move. Uh, a lot of people were praying, pastors, international pastors that I know. All of a sudden, out of the blue, Donald Trump gets elected and just blows the mind of, of all the globalists, their connected media establishments, their, their connected media donors and others, uh, just go crazy. It was an absolute shock. And, and the, the target, I, and I've, I've been, uh, uh, traveled a lot, talked to a lot of people, spoke to a lot of people, as, as you all have, and I, I've reached the conclusion, uh, even going back to my days uh, in the CIA where they, they told, told us no CIA officers can ever say Merry Christmas in a CIA office, that, that the target of all of this, uh, go, going back, uh, golly, to the 40s, but now intensely the target, all of this, and I call it in, in some of the, the humble speeches I give, uh, the, the C2 is the target, Christianity and the Constitution. There's one problem with Christians, and the Soviet Union said this, we can control just about everybody in the way that they think, but we can't control those doggone Christians because they, they, they seem to think they answer to a higher authority. And that's the problem that globalism has with Christianity in the United States, largely responsible for the election of Donald Trump. Uh, uh, the problem is uh, a, a true Christian believes in a higher power than a global or, or U.S. government, and uh, many of them are not afraid of dying for their faith. What do you do with somebody like that? Uh, it's kind of hard to control. So I think the, the global uh, system... The system that is now entrenched deeply in Washington, darkly in Washington, beyond imagination in terms of how dark it is, is freaking out because now there's a man in office way out of the box who was elected by this group of Americans who happen to have faith, uh, as the founders did, above any sort of government. And so I think that's where these problems are coming from. Okay. Um, is there, Kevin, I want to ask you this. Is there anything that Trump can do 
to change the way of the security clearances being issued or to speed things up or aside from maybe tweeting it out and, and uh, putting it out there for the American public, is there anything he can legally do or those around him can do to change or, or speed this process up? Yes, yeah, circumvent the process. Yeah, excuse me, guys. I've got a bad cold today, so bear with me. But excuse me. Well, he is the president of the United States. The problem is now he's got Mike Pompeo in there, which in my view is a good man. They're thinking of moving him out because the CIA is even watching their own director now. I understand that's the CIA counterintelligence, counterintelligence others are spying on their own director. Trump's thinking of moving him out, and uh, I, I think Pompeo is being blocked from what he's trying to do. Uh, but the President of the United States can can approach the CIA director and order him to expedite these clearances. And in the final analysis, Mike Pompeo right now, the director of the CIA, is the ultimate authority to demand that these clearances be granted. So, yes, they can do that. If people know this is happening and if it's made public and if it's made an issue, then, yes, he can do something about it, absolutely. Okay. Um what do you, Craig, any thoughts on that? I mean, yeah, yeah, I've, I've got a lot of thoughts on it. Um, one of the things that I have been hoping to see the president do, and I have been urging anyone that I know that that has access uh, personally to the president, I, I do know at least one person that briefs him regularly, is to is to get him to assert his commander's intent upon the different key agencies and. What it would look like to me, in my mind, and I don't know the exact procedure, what I saw happen in a crooked internal investigation inside the Federal Air Marshal Service kind of tipped me off to how these these agencies work. And if it can work, um, if an investigation can work for bad, it can work for good if it's run by good people. So my idea was for him to take and and choose someone of strong moral character for each of the key agencies, especially the intelligence community, put that director in charge and give them his, his commander's intent. And, and my commander's intent is for you to put this agency back on its chartered mission in good faith for the American people. Period. You are to purge this agency of all subversives and obstructionists. Uh, we're better off without them than keeping them and trying to convert them. Uh, and so I got a video hoping uh, that one of his family members or, or people would, would um, have him watch it. But I, I feel very strongly that if he did that and he told them exactly what he meant for them to do and gave them the authority and the horsepower to do it and the, and the support, and um, and let them know that he was not going to tolerate failure, that he would replace them in a heartbeat if they didn't uh, follow through. It wasn't just a good old boy, you know, um, a hookup job. You know, you're you're there to clean house. You've got to renovate this agency because it is broken and it has fallen into the hands of hostiles uh, in, a, in a lot of ways at different levels. Not everybody, obviously. You know, I still think the the well, or maybe not the overwhelming majority, but the. Uh, a good bulk of each agency are good American patriots working hard in good faith doing their thing. But I think there are people up and down the chain of command in each agency now that are uh, very corrupted. And so I think they need to be replaced. They need to be fired. They need to be investigated. And if they have been acting against the United States in a subversive manner, they need to be prosecuted. And not only do these people need to be purged, but they need to be investigated, put on trial if, if appropriate, and that information needs to be part of a deliberate 
educational campaign to walk the American public through what they have been kept from for so long because the American public are in the dark. They do not know all that has been done against them. And I think that knowledge will be power. So flush the agency, fire everybody it needs to be. Um, let the let the director bring in as many allies with him as he needs to put them in key places up and down that agency, set his commander's intent down that chain of command, get that agency rocking, get it back on its chartered mission for the American people, and 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 use that to support the the president's mission in good faith rather than attack him uh, as they are currently. So that needs to happen. I'm surprised that didn't happen immediately. I think Trump pulls a lot of intelligent moves and. Uh, I'd like to see him do that with his key agencies and get those back on track. I, I agree. And, Mr. Ship, uh, what this reminds me of, I don't know whether you've had or either one of you had the opportunity to read Diana West's book, American Betrayal. Um, uh, this reminds me significantly of the post-World War II uh, time period when you had an infil- communist infiltration into our State Department, into our government. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm telling you, it's following the same template. And there was more outrage by people then, as, as uh, the students of history will know, about the accusations of this infiltration than of the possibility of the infiltration itself, which just blows my mind. And we're seeing that same thing happen today. Um, but, but uh, Craig, you're exactly correct. And, and Kevin, kick, I'll kick it over to you. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I did when I was in the CIA and got up in the upper levels and was doing uh, uh, some investigations, uh, some involving the State Department. I got to tell you guys, I it was rife, the State Department, rife with espionage. I mean, just people were coming up to me constantly saying, hey, my boss is giving information to the Soviets. What do I do about it? Uh, it, it was rife with espionage. Uh, um, it's it's That is still there. Uh, Diana West nailed it. Uh, she took a lot of heat, uh, even from some conservative commentators for that. David Horowitz, I think. She took a lot of heat for that, but she nailed it. That that sort of penetration. It, it, yeah, she had to write a book. To, she she wrote another book to rebut the criticism. So yeah, it was, it was it was horrible what they did. Now, why would someone come out with that kind of vitriol? But that's a whole other story. Uh, but the State Department was penetrated. It was penetrated when I was there, and, and in my view, it is still penetrated with hostile foreign intelligence agents. Because I know the security system there. I know how you get in. I know how it works, and I know how incredibly easy it is to get in there. Uh, so that sort of thing is still in the State Department uh, without, without any question. And and just backing up what Craig said uh, regarding the CIA, what, what I humbly am, am recommending at the end of my lectures is they need to rescind the National Security Act of 1947, uh, which is a, a, where the CIA got its power for covert operations, and that's where it's gone off the rails and out of control, even regarding the J- JFK affair. Uh, uh, the National Security Act of 1947 never gave the CIA authority to engage in covert operations of its own management and its own making. It's not even in the wording of, of that statute. Uh, but since then, the CIA has grown into a monster. Uh, uh, now, it, you know, you go down on the lower levels of the CIA or mid-levels of the CIA. I work with some of, you know, there's still some of my very, very close friends, absolutely wonderful people, patriots, many, many, many of them. You get up into the to the higher levels of the dark chambers of the castle, which which I call it, you get out into operations, and you are way outside the Constitution. 
Actually, the CIA was created with no congressional approval. It has no real congressional oversight whatsoever. It engages in covert operations many times that Congress does not even know about. So here, enter Donald Trump. He's got to go in and try to clean up a place like that. And I guarantee you that those dark elements are, well, we, we see it. They're working against him, trying to stop him from doing that. And just to echo what Craig says, that it would take a house clean. Number one, in my view, rescind the National Security Act of 1947 and eliminate the CIA's unwritten power for unbridled covert operations. Number two, go in there and identify some of these people. They should have fired John Brennan. John Brennan actually hacked into and spied on the U.S. Senate on Capitol Hill for the torture report, hacked into the computers, read their files. This is the director of the CIA spying on the U.S. Senate. Was he indicted? No. Was anybody charged? No. Were any of the people that did it brought before any committee or, 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 or any administrative actions? No. Uh, matter of fact, Brennan was just, just moved up and is now out there uh, collecting his pension after spying on his own Senate. That is what I'm talking about. That is the kind of power that the CIA, uh, CIA has now and is using. And you hear people say, well, Barack Obama really was behind Brennan doing it. That is simply not true. They asked Barack Obama, well, what do you think about Brennan? What do you think should be done? And, and Obama's response was, well, I, I still have uh, faith and confidence in him. What people don't realize is, Barack Obama could do nothing about what John Brennan was doing. He could not stop him, and he could not prosecute him. That is how powerful the CIA has become. And that's why I'm telling people they've got to rescind the National Security Act in 1947. They've got to get get in there, clean that place out. And as Craig said, they need to fire some of these dark people at the top. But i got to tell you guys, to do that is an unbelievably monumental task. And just in closing this up, just the darkness that is in there, I, I ran an operation down into a certain country, I was leading a team in there, and it was a very sensitive uh, operation, and the, the uh, chief of station, who is the, basically the director's representative in that country, said, come in, come in here before you start, I want you to sit down, I want to tell you something. I said, yes, sir. I went into his uh, semi-lit uh, office, sat down in the chair, Kevin, let's get something straight from the beginning. I want you to know this, and I want you to understand it fully. Yes, sir. You're the man. I want, to, I want you to understand that I will sell my soul to the devil for intelligence. You understand that? And I remember thinking, because I was even a person of faith back there, I remember thinking, well, that makes one of us, buddy. <laughs> uh, but, but that was the kind of darkness that I kept seeing in operations around the world over and over and over. These people were one level of, above a serpent. They had no morals, no ethics whatsoever. And it was just unbelievable, unbelievable what they would do. Um, to, to, to get an intelligence report to get their job done. Now, that being said, I work with a couple of chief of stations that were just outstanding, God and patriot types, uh, but I can count them on half of one hand. So the point I'm making is for Donald Trump to, to change that organization is going to take a dramatic action uh, to change that. And that, that uh, in the upper levels, they're going after him right now. And they're even going after their own director right now. And it is going to take some sort of cataclysmic event to change the CIA. It's a deep hole that, that we seem to be in and, and short of what you suggested, Kevin, of repealing, was it the National, uh, Intelligence Act of 1947? National yeah, Security. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, we do need some, some fundamental changes and we need a, as you just said, the lawlessness that the CIA operates under needs to be reined in dramatically as they are, we see the shadow government, deep state, uh, doing everything against the best interests of American and the people of America. Um, 
kind of switching gears here, Craig, I'm going to turn to you. I want to talk about the 234 members of Congress and the sexual harassment cases that have been settled using taxpayer dollars. $17,254,000 in 268 cases since 1997. They'll they'll kick in a a service-disabled veteran's door if he doesn't pay every penny of his taxes on time with (laughs) guns and pulling me out in front of my family. Yeah, but giving away millions uh, to people in these, these goofy situations. Look, a lot of this, is again, is just symptoms of a government under gross mismanagement, and it's been allowed to fester and grow more rancid over recent decades. Once you don't enforce the regulations, the laws, and 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 and, and honor character and and in good faith, uh, things begin to just creep into. Uh, and eventually, it turns into a cesspool. Look, I I, I grew up naive uh, about. Um, the government. I, I was raised in a patriotic household, and then I went off to the Marines and saw nothing but good there, and went to the Navy SEAL teams, and at the, even at the highest level of uh, counter-terrorist operations, man, that's that's pretty hardcore stuff, but all I saw were good patriots working in good faith for the American people, and it wasn't until I went to the Air Marshal Service, and even then, everything was run good until after 9-11, and they brought in a bunch of management from other agencies, and we got a guy in Las Vegas that had been an SES level <clears throat> exec for the FBI, and he came in to Las Vegas, and he was the dirtiest, most hostile human being I, I have ever encountered. And I didn't understand it. I was naive. I was still expecting him to do the right thing. And come to find out, they eventually fired him for gross mismanagement and retaliation. But one of the things that he was doing was keeping dirt files, J. Edgar Hoover style dirt files, but, uh, illegally. And, but the problem is not against crooks, not against terrorists that are hijacking aircraft. And several years of working with the man and being in, in the management meetings with him, I never heard him mention the word terrorist or the word hijacking or anything about the mission, to be honest. The only thing I heard him talk about was his own personnel and how he could get them. And so he was after his own guys. And he wasn't after the guys with performance problems. He was after the guys that were making the greatest contributions, our cleanest agents, our best guys. Our, our, our. So he was attacking the ones that were greatest in line for promotions, what he was doing, was ruining, deliberately ruining their, their careers. And so that was an eye-opening epiphany for me, for Craig Sawyer. I was like, oh, man, I thought I'd seen it all. And I was looking at this guy going, why would you do that? And people started, you know, pulling me aside, like, "Hey, you know, here's how it works in, in the federal law enforcement." I'm like, that's that's stupid. Why on earth would the American citizen pay for that? Well, because we don't know. Well, the only reason we'll pay for that kind of corruption is because we don't know about it. And so my thing is exposure. Tell the American people, show it to them, so that they can make the decisions and and really put the leverage. We we hold the power and the leverage of voting our elected officials in there to either pass or or not pass certain pieces of legislation that work in our best interest. We need to get back at that. We need to we need to stop hanging back and, and forfeiting our right to vote because we're disgusted with the whole system. No. We've got to roll up our sleeves and get back in there, assert ourselves and get people in there that will that will represent us and it may not happen overnight but we've got to do the work. And once we do that we can clean that cesspool out one one scumbag at a time. 
Kevin, what do you think about this uh, slush fund? Do you think that we will see the the members of Congress who the 234 members who have settled these sexual harassment cases? Will we ever get the names of these people? And how do we, if not, how do we as American citizens weed this out to be able to know, uh, especially at least when voting, um, you know who who's behind this? No, Lord have mercy. Uh, you know, of course, as as always, it's veiled un- under secrecy and sealed under NDAs and all of that, which used to be a good thing, but now, now they're used as a power tool. Uh, you, number this this has been done with our our tax dollars. Dollars from the American people have been used to cover up what what these uh, over a couple hundred congressmen and senators have done. And I think what needs to happen is there need, and we need to watch the mainstream media because they're going to drop it eventually. But what needs to happen is a continual national outrage and demand for every single one of these names to be revealed and every settlement to be revealed because we paid for it, first of all. And secondly, I think there's some darker stuff. I think there's some darker suits here, not just sexual harassment, I think there's some other things uh, that have happened. You remember, you remember Denny Hastert and others, uh, four or five other congressmen and senators that had issues outside of sexual harassment. I think there's some darker, more nefarious things also that will come out if, if, if these cases are, are known. Congress uh, has now got kind of a, a unconstitutional uh, stink about it, for lack of a better word. Uh, and, and you remember in my lecture, I mentioned that each congressman on, on the Appropriations Committee rece- receives about $700,000 each a year from the, the deep state contractors uh, like Lockheed Martin and others. Uh, so the place is just corrupt and foul. And that, that's why they're t- going to go in and make our lives better. And then they vote for deep state shadow government operations like the Free Syrian Army, which morphed into al-Qaeda, which morphed into ISIS, and, and they, they go in and they vote for things that their constituents are totally against, because they're no longer constitutionalists, they're statesmen. They want to keep their job and their, their perks the way they are, and and, and uh, they know darn well when they get in there, that's that's what's going to happen, and, and Congress is the only constitutional voice that the American people have in Washington, the only one, and it's been usurped, and these sexual harassment cases are just the tip of the iceberg, thank God, that is showing how corrupt the Congress has become. We, we've left our morals. We left any ethics that we ever had. It's no longer accepted, popular, or, or even sought after for anybody in the Congress or, or Senate or our government to have ethics or character. That doesn't matter any longer. We've opened Pandora's box to complete unbridled human behavior. So the Congress needs to be cleaned out. And a lot of these people, frankly, just need to be fired and replaced, and these sexual harassment claims. I think what's going to happen. Uh, sunlight is the best disinfectant. I think things are going to start leaking out on who some of these people are, one by one by one by one. You will see with the evidence of this. Let's let's say the halo of action, kind of the outer actions. You'll see congressmen and senators. Some it's already happening, resigning, uh, deciding not to run again, wanting to spend more time with their family. Uh, as they see this stuff coming out, maybe it's going to be made public. You'll see people dropping out. But I think there's things darker going on in the Congress and the Senate in, in regards to, to possible blackmail that are even even uh, uh, darker than the sexual harassment stuff. So it's not going to get prettier. I think it's going to get it's going to get uglier. Well, Kevin, can you just expand on that last point a little bit, and then Craig, I want to get your opinion on on this uh, secret slush fund. But what kind of things do you do you think's going on? What are, what are some of the 
examples of some of this blackmail activities that you're talking about? Well, I think I think if you just look, and again, you know, as as a I guess a former analyst, kind of just looking at at some of the magnetic pointers on this thing, uh, you, you go back to Denny Hastert, the third most powerful man in, in the government, uh, by all accounts, had had one of the strongest networks amongst the Congress and the Senate. Uh, he was charged and judged. The, the judge called him uh, a dangerous pedophile, uh, which he had been practicing for years and years and years. Uh, uh, you've got, you all know about the Lolita Express and, and mm-hmm. some of the, the passengers of, of that. And we have to be very careful because there's an ongoing investigation right now into all of that. Uh, but if you look at some of the people that, that, that you remember Barney Frank was running a male prostitution ring out, out of his basement. Yeah. And he stayed, well, did, did anything happen? No, he stayed in Congress. So, uh, the, the sexual harassment stuff, in, in my humble view, <laughs> As bad as some of it is, uh, is uh, concealing some of the stuff that's even worse. There is a global pedophilia network. Uh, there's been multiple arrests lately uh, in the United States, in the United Kingdom, in Australia, and in Canada. Uh, I think it is pervasive uh, throughout. Uh, this is just my uh, opinion uh, based on some of the compass pointers that I personally have uh, seen. Uh, it's it's also pervasive in our government, so I think there are cases uh, that are beyond sexual harassment, and I think that's where the real darkness is. And I think there's cases, without a doubt, of blackmail uh, with congress congressmen and senators, some judges, and others. And, and and that, if that was to be revealed, and if that was to come out, we would have well we, uh, a constitutional crisis essentially. So um, the uh, the sexual harassment is the tip of a very very um, dark. Uh, um, affair that's going on amongst Congress, which went bad probably 40 years ago. It, it has become an unethical, unethical, disgusting, self-serving place, and and because of that, I think there's there's some things along those lines that are occurring there. So it's not as I mentioned it. I think it's just going to get uglier. And sexual harassment is is kind of uh, uh, it's a screen for for some things that are, are a little worse than that. Okay, okay. and. Um is the t- and, and Craig, I'm, uh, I'm going to get to you in, in a moment. Kevin, is this is this uh, how can I put this? Is this a timed? Is this a shot across the bow? By well, is this a shot across the bow? What we're seeing right now, and then uh, Craig, you can follow up with that. But Kevin, are, are we, is this a planned time release? Is that what I'm hearing? Perhaps. It, it, I think it is. Uh, in my opinion, it is a shot across the bow. It's you better. Uh, for example, uh, uh, Representative Conyers just came out and made a statement. Essentially, listen, if I go down, I'm going to take a bunch of people with me. Uh, so this is a shot across the bow, saying you better you better watch out. Uh, we, you know what we've got on the rest of you. This is this is a heads up. Uh, we, we've got this number of people now that that it has come out have settled cases using tax dollars. So uh, everybody in there, shut up. You better be pretty darn well quiet or you're going down with the rest of these 278, 268 others, whatever the exact number is, over 200. You better play by the rules or you're going down with them. And you know darn well it's worse than sexual harassment. So, yes, I do think it is, is a shot over the bow, and, and it's a warning for everybody else in there to mind their P's and Q's. Craig, what do you think? Um, the whole thing, the... The secret slush fund, the already settled sexual harassment cases, the continued blackmail, and the exposure. Where, where do you see this plan? How do you see this plan? And you're on the tip of the spear, too. Well, it's it's a lack of character. You know, back when Bill Clinton was president, I heard people, and it disturbed me even then, 
saying, well, character doesn't matter for a, a, a president. You know, economy seems to be doing okay, and that's all I care about. And I thought, man, you're that's foolish. That's a foolish way of thinking. Character is the only thing that matters. When a man wields that much power, he can circumvent the law. He can... He can get away with what he wants when, when people aren't looking. And so what's going to cause him to do the right thing? Well, only character. Uh, his integrity and his character is the only thing that's going to cause him to act in good faith. So I think shame on those people that don't recognize that and don't have that um, understanding and background. So I think we need to get back to expecting our elected officials to act in good faith and to have character and, and conduct themselves professionally on behalf of the American people. I think we've just allowed it and, and accepted the fact that uh, it's a cesspool and, and that uh, they're going to be ineffective and squander our tax dollars and, and not expect and demand more from them. I think we need to be less tolerant of it. Look, we have been beaten relentlessly over the head with political correctness and that we must be tolerant, quote-unquote, of this and of that. Well, we must not be tolerant of that which is catastrophically devastating to the American people. That's, you know, being, being tolerant to terrorists, for example, that's, that's obviously bad. Why would we do that? Why right. would we force migrate tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of, of people that we know a large percentage of them are going to go off after a while once they get here and get out? Why would we allow <clears throat> people who represent us that we know are of bad character and cannot be trusted. Why would we not demand and force them out and get in there and assert ourselves to vote at, at every level, starting at the grassroots, the local level, and, and get people in there? So I think what we're seeing are symptoms of a deterioration of the moral character of the United States of America through our elected officials uh, representing us. It's it's it's. It's discouraging, but right now I, I see it as the sun's just starting to come out. We got got Donald Trump in there. He wants to make America great again, and that's literally what he's trying to do. And you see the statistical results happening. You see the construction increasing, man. The things are starting to to, to roll again, and and the rats are starting to run. And uh, I, I agree with Kevin, man. That a lot of these people need to get while the getting's good. They need to split before they, while they can, still without holes in them, so to speak, figuratively speaking. While while they can still go home instead of going to prison, because uh, American people are, are about to start getting educated on things that they've they've been um, kept in the dark over, and they're going to get real ticked off, and they're going to demand justice. So a lot of these scumbags that have been lording over us with fancy titles. And uh, stabbing us in the back about to be held accountable. I believe that that's going to be happening on a wider and wider scale as Trump gets more established and puts better people around him. And I think as the positivity grows, we will largely turn Washington, D.C. around. And so goes the country. So I welcome it. I celebrate it. All right. And, Craig, I do agree with you. Uh, you made, you made a great point. We are not, we don't have to and are not to tolerate, uh, you know, moral bankruptcy. We're not and don't have to tolerate, uh, you know, illegal activities. It doesn't matter what these, the, these people want, want to shove down our throats and make acceptable in their own, you know, circles of influence, but we don't have to tolerate that despite how much they, they want us to. But Kevin, I'm going to go back to you real quick and just, uh, I just have one follow up question on John Connors, uh, Conyers. And you said that he threatened to reveal more and that he's not going to go down alone. I've read some articles about, uh, uh, 
some things questioning his mental health or his ability. Uh, I think they said that he suffered from suffers from dementia or some kind of mental deterioration type disease, as well as he was just hospitalized a, a few days ago, maybe yesterday, and I'm not sure what that was for. Uh, do you think that he's he's serious in that? And uh, would you be surprised to see if he you know up and passed away? Well, mental deterioration, geez, I think that's half of Congress. No, uh, but seriously, uh, no, I don't think that's uh, mental problems with him. I, I think uh, that was a veiled statement. Uh, when I heard it and read it, uh, I just think that was a veiled statement. Now, maybe he is. They're trying you know, to cover their tracks ahead of time. Uh, yeah, yes. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, a good investigator, I was a counterintelligence investigator, will learn that there's a halo around somebody. When they're not telling you the truth, what you do is you watch that halo of activity, what what they're doing, their actions, who they're associating with, and that'll tell you a lot about what's really going on here. And so uh, what I'd encourage people to do is just watch the Congress and the Senate, specifically the individuals. Watch what they do in the coming months with, with these new sexual harassment allegations. Uh, watch the statements that they make, like Conyers just did very carefully. Watch the number of them that are not going to go up for re-election. Uh, watch the number of them that want to spend more time with their families and on and on. And you, you, you possibly get a, an idea of some of, of the actors here. Now, now I have to say, there, there are some good people there. I, I happen to be, uh, uh, I happen to like Rand Paul. I think like his dad, he's still a straight constitutionalist. Uh, so there, there's some good folks in there. Unfortunately, they happen to, to be very few because the system will, will corrupt them once they, they've been in there just a year. Uh, but uh, the problem is, is we have lost our, our ethics in this country. We have opened Pandora's box to any sort of aberrant behavior, and, and and I think you all said it best. We have not stood up and said, no, we don't need transgender bathrooms in this country. I'm sorry. Uh, no, we don't need this kind of aberrant behavior. No, we don't need to teach uh, fifth graders uh, transgender uh, goals. No, 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 we don't need to do that stuff anymore. And Americans have become so afraid because of lawfare and not being popular and on and on it goes. But we, it's time for us, uh, and I think you're right, it's time for us to stop tolerating this dark uh, uh, behavior that's going on in a country that's supposed to be a, a, a light on a hill, as, as Reagan said, a city on a hill. Uh, so it's time to stop tolerating that stuff, and it's time for people to stand up and say enough is enough. We're not tolerating this anymore, and we're going to elect people that are going to go into Congress, and they're going to stop supporting or at least stopping rolling over to these things. Uh, and, and a big issue with, with me on the, that regard is funding Planned Parenthood. they got to stop rolling over on, and stop funding Planned Parenthood. They've just got to get the guts and the courage and the backbone to stop it. That's an example of what I'm talking about. And if they're not going to do that, and if they're going to keep rolling over for transgender bathrooms and these other things, then we're going to kick them out of office, and we're going to hire, but we're going to vote for and hire people that will go into Congress and do what the people who voted them in want them to do. Kevin, you're you're exactly right, and it's uh, what you just said is going to have to be the case. Where these people are not going to stop promoting abortions, they're not going to stop promoting you know transgender studies to kindergartners. They're not going to stop with their indecency and immorality. We're going to have to vote them out of office. Look what the Prime Minister of Canada did just yesterday or two days ago, I believe. You know. Uh, Paying a hundred million dollars to the LGBT community for you know past discrimination, whatever that means, uh, I have no idea what what he's even referring to. And also, you know, 
giving money and housing to returning ISIS fighters in Canada. You know, at the same time, we see this happening in Europe and in, in Canada. But, you know, the police, they're targeting online speech that they deem is hate speech for people who are, uh, you know, calling out the, this, this Muslim influx and calling out the threats. So everything's just, just backwards. And I believe that these people are so driven by evil and or influence of, of evil that it's going to take, they're never going to change no matter what. They're, they're going to need to be voted out of office. And hopefully there are people lined up who are, moral people who are who are people of faith and of principle who are ready to step in and fill those roles otherwise we're just going to get more of the same i, I want to i just want to mention our guests our fantastic panel right now kevin ship former cia officer for the love of freedom.net follow him on twitter at kevin ship also craig sawyer vets the number four vets for child dot org. Uh, also follow him, uh, under Craig Sawyer at Craig Sawyer. Uh, both fine gentlemen. And, and yeah, the, 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 uh, moral bankruptcy that we're seeing is just beyond the, the pale. We're all a few minutes, uh, left to the top of the hour network break. We, we've got so much more to get into, of course, the Russian dossier. I, I do have a feeling that that you've both of you know uh, really a lot a lot of the backdrop behind that, and um, it's kind of a good segue. This is a good segue into that, and of course the Mueller investigation. What I believe, um, people know what I believe, but uh, we, they want to hear what you believe. Of course, the Flynn investigation seeming uh, seemingly heating up right now. Manafort, uh, the Uranium One deal, and of course JFK files. So so much more to get into in the uh, minutes, uh, but we only have a few minutes left at the top of the air break. Um, Kevin, I want to toss it to you. In any any wrapping. Any comments you want to wrap up with respect to this topic, the um, topic we we're... Well, well yeah, I, I, and I think you all are correct. We've got to bring morals and ethics back into this country. Uh, the, the founders, even the secular founders, knew that a, a democracy, a republic, can't function without some, some sort of moral constraint foundation. We've lost that. We've opened Pandora's box in this country. We have got to bring morals and ethics back uh, to America. We've got to, and, and I, I find, as you guys probably do with the people I speak to and, and across the country, the common connection uh, of people who are really starting to stand up and make a, a difference by the millions, are these are people of faith. And, and, and in, in my humble opinion, having been kind of a rough character in my past and, and having changed all that, what really makes a, a person uh, have character and ethics is if they believe that there's there's a an authority above themselves that one day they're going to answer to. That is really that is really the most powerful factor in someone having their character. We need to bring that back to the United States uh, in, in terms of, of just that that sort of freedom. Uh, and it's I think it's happened happened with the election of Donald Trump. His his election was about the people that put him in office, not just about him, but the but the people that put him in office, the good people in America that actually. Engaged in what really was a political miracle. So uh, that, that's what's got to happen in this country. Understood. We're talking about two great Americans, two patriotic Americans, Kevin Ship and Craig Sawyer. Again, uh, vets, the number four childrescue.org. That is Craig Sawyer's website. Also, Craig Sawyer on Twitter. Kevin Ship on Twitter as well. And uh, for the love of freedom.net. We got a lot we're going to get into on the other side. The 
Trump dossier, um, the Mueller investigation. This is something we really want to get into, and some of Mueller's background as well as what's going on with the Flynn investigation. What could the charges be? Uranium One, Paul Manafort's connection to the Podesta Group, the JFK files, and more. We'll be right back with Kevin Ship and Craig Sawyer after this. The show is just flying by as we have two great patriotic Americans with us, Kevin Ship and Craig the Sawman Sawyer, and we're getting into a number of issues. Uh, during the break, Craig, you, you just brought up a point right there at the end um, that we were talking about in the first, really the whole first half hour of the show, is the the media, what the media has been doing, and how rabid they have become. They're anti-American they're anti-Trump, they're anti-anything that seems good or decent at this point, and they have been doing any and everything except telling the truth about what is happening in the country. We have, you know, the, the Mueller investigation and uh, the impeach, the calls to impeach Trump. <laughs> how, how is it that the American people, how is it that anybody in this country filth that these mainstream media outlets... Uh, you know, feed us constantly. And if I, before you answer that question, let me just jump in here. And my wife told me not to mention this, and, and uh, I'm going to pay for this, by the way. Um, but I, I granted an interview with Rolling Stone magazine, which came to bite me in the, in the came back to bite me in the butt. You know, what was I thinking, right? I, I mean, truly, I'm an idiot for even sitting down to talk with these with these morons from the Rolling Stone. That was back in April, and it was about Pedogate Pizzagate. And I just, I got a bad feeling. I did not give him any information. I just had a really bad feeling about the, the whole interview. So I withheld information. And, it, and it, they, they just skewered me publicly, of course. And I got a phone call from the attorney saying, what the hell were you thinking? Okay, the reason I bring that up against my wife's better judgment is this is what they're doing across the across the board to everybody. Exactly. Um, and shame on me. I accept full responsibility for that. Shame on me. But there's no truth getting out. So I, I, I'm embarrassed by it, actually. I'm embarrassed by my, my own actions for thinking that I could make a difference with the mainstream media. So I just wanted to throw that in there, fall on my sword, and say shame on me. But back to Well, Jesus we all point. want to believe the best, Doug. You know, we we all want to believe the best, and uh, I think good people are disappointed when they don't see decency in others. But what what I want to say is that the American public need to recognize the level of conflict going on behind the scenes, the the level of struggle for power over the United States. It's not just a theory. It's not just uh, an idea. It is an active. Uh, well-funded and highly coordinated and orchestrated effort to seize control of the United States. They, th- those who want power over the United States, 
do not subscribe to our very way of life. They are not on board with a free market and a capitalist system. They want control that, uh, that, that our system will not allow them to have. They want a level of control that is absolutely tyrannical. And because the American public don't hear that on the mainstream news media and in the entertainment industry and from academia, they assume that maybe it's not happening. Although, if they get quiet and just watch, they, they can see that it's happening. But I think we're so busy, we, we kind of we let it slide. And, um, you know, we, we got to realize that the globalists, these that want a one, a central global model of control, there's no United States in that. There's no free and independent, powerful United States in that model. So they have to break it. Why did Barack Hussein Obama double our national debt in only two terms? You know, it wasn't an accident. He's not that stupid. I think he was playing for the other side. A lot of, so many of these people, um, are, are literally against everything that we stand for and that we believe in and we don't want to see it. So we've got, you know, so many people live, only five, uh, entities own all of, virtually all of our mainstream news outlets anymore. And what are their political views? They're not pro-American. They're distinctly anti-American. We're literally getting our information from people hostile to our way of life and to our country. And I think once the American public understands that it's that bad, it's that hostile, then they'll recognize that they're no longer going to get empowering information. Look, if you love people, you you share information with them. You want them empowered so that they can have uh, a good life. They can have control. They can have success. And that's not what we're getting. Uh, from those hostile to us anymore. So we're being fed fluff, that which is meaningless and uh, to keep us down. And, um, you know, our academic systems have been saturated by those on the far left. All of the entertainment industry, you know, uh, Hollywood, film and television, uh, the, the music industry, look at all those now coming out and speaking about the level of, of, um, Luciferian Worship and, and weirdness going on at the top of the music industry and, and Hollywood. They're, they're getting sick, sick to their stomachs and they're starting to talk about it. So I think that's, that's job one is, is letting the American public know and people encouraging the research just how hostile it is and how far that agenda to undermine the United States has gotten so that we can understand it and by understanding it know how to combat it. If you understand what the agenda is, what the objective of your enemy is, then you'll know how to combat it. So what do they want? They want us ultimately put under their control. How do they get that? Well, they disinform us and lull us into a stupor. They disinform, they disempower us with disinformation. They don't tell us what's going on. Uh, They want us disarmed because a physically armed populace is not one that's easily put under the boot of a global tyrant. So that's that's what people need to know. They need to know that there is a genuine and real giant struggle for power over the United States of America, and that only if we stand up and rally against it uh, will we beat it back. And we've got a guy that's on our side. So God help us if we don't rally behind him, Donald Trump, in this next four or hopefully eight years and run the football back as far upfield as we can, beat back all the subversives, and, and put stronger people in there and, and reinforce our constitution while we have the ball, uh, or else, uh, they're just gonna, uh, finalize it next time. So we'd better be wise and not just 
sit back and relax and, and decide that, it, that, that the day is won because uh, the fight has only just begun, literally. Kevin, I want to get your take on this, but also want to add to something Craig said. He said when the American people understand that these uh, people, you know, the, the levels of education and media that are so anti-American, you know, that they'll, um, you know, change after they realize this, it seems that a, a great percentage of American people, though, are buying into this communist, socialist ideology and propaganda that the media is spewing. And with that in mind, I mean, what can be done when we have this great divide? You see these, uh, you see how, as I said earlier, how rabid these people have become. And there's a great percentage of the population that is uh, agreed upon in their thinking. How do we get past this, if at all? Well, Joe, that, that's a good question. <clears throat> Excuse me. It, it, the the, the uh, size and extent and the pervasiveness of this deception out there that has come through the mainstream media for the average person that just doesn't know better it is is pretty massive. And and what most people I think don't realize unless they listen to a program like yours is um, and I talk about this uh, <laughs> the Mockingbird Mockingbird program lives is like Mockingbird was the CIA seeding journalists in the mainstream media and planning stories that were pro CIA operations and uh, George Bush Senior allegedly ended Mockingbird in 1976. What people don't realize is they made it voluntary. They just didn't pay them anymore. But I can tell you this. There is still an agreement between the CIA Public Affairs Office and the mainstream media, and I know this and I've seen it personally. They will not report on what is going on from the global perspective against the United States, the shadow connected shadow government operations against the United States and its foundation. They will not report on that. They have a quid pro quo relationship with the CIA uh, without a doubt, that still goes on today. I remember when I first came out with my book, I went, uh, after a lot of prayer, frankly, I went uh, to the Washington Post, told them I had quite a story. Uh, they said, oh, my gosh, this is incredible. Uh, we want to run with this. Well, what the Post reporter did, and I, I won't mention his name because he's a, he's a fairly decent guy. It was his editor that made him do that, do this, but he went, ran straight to the CIA and reported my contact and my story. And that's how it works between these five, six con conglomerates and the CEOs now. They still uh, take the talking points, if you haven't noticed, from the U.S. government and just parrot them out as if they're a fact. And there's some networks that will not touch the New World Order. They will not touch the shadow government, no matter how bad it gets in Syria, no matter how bad the atrocities the Free Syrian Army uh, commits. The Free Syrian Army massacred an entire Christian village in Syria. You never hear that because they're, they, they, they are not going to bring that up. So the mainstream media is gone. And, and I, I know in a lot of the talks I give, I prove it, as I'm sure some of you guys do, goes all the way back to the Council on Foreign Relations. Uh, there, there are mainstream media figures that still sit on the CFR. The CFR was responsible for creating the CIA. The CFR was connected to the Washington Post. From the very beginning, and and, and the circle continues. The, the post is now under uh, Amazon and Jeff Bezos, who just entered into a six hundred million dollar contract with the CIA, and the cycle continues. So people have to understand that the major news networks—they're bought, they're paid for—they are not going to give them uh, the actual information. So who's it up to? It's up to us. It's up now. Uh, it's, it's the circle goes back to its beginning. It's up to the American people now on programs like this, things like Craig are saying, everybody on the street, 
we've got to educate as many people as we can regarding what is going on with, with the global attack on the United States, with the eternal attack on the United States by our own government, so they're educated. And once they're educated and their eyes are open and they understand that this is no conspiracy theory, we're proving this with evidence and factual information, so snap out of it. You've got to stand up and do something. Once we get that happening, we can make a change. And I think Donald Trump's election is is prime evidence of the success that can have when people are out there educating the American public. That got Donald Trump elected. The movement of people that got this information, that were educated on this information, got Donald Trump elected and shocked the entire world. So it can be done. Okay. And, you know, this is one of the... I've voiced my frustration about this for a long time now, and the media being able to get away with the the lies and the, the craziness that they are, and then even worse than that is having the American people buy into it is so frustrating to me. Uh, I, I would, <laughs> I could potentially lose my mind if I continue to to go down this path. So let's switch gears here because this is something I uh, <laughs> on our sheet of talking points that I really want to get into. Robert Mueller and. Um, uh, Kevin, let's start with you. Let's get into the Mueller investigation and most, more importantly, the background of Robert Mueller. And we've seen a number of claims, uh, you know, on both sides of the, the spectrum. Some saying that, you know, Mueller is going to eventually indict Donald Trump and it's going to lead to his impeachment. To the other side of the aisle, Robert Mueller is working with Donald Trump to drain the swamp. But let's get into what's really happening with the Robert Mueller investigation from what you know, and then let's get into the background. And, and Kevin, we'll go to you first. Sure. Well, we can start with the fact that Robert Mueller is best friend and has been for years with, with uh, uh, James Comey. Uh, and and I, what I try to do is remind people that it was uh, Robert Mueller, the director of the FBI post-9-11, that oversaw and uh, pushed into practice the uh, the warrantless search program, a gross violation of the Fourth Amendment, and also national security letters, where the FBI would go into a place of employment, demand all of your records, and then tell your supervisor that if they told you you were there, they would go to prison. It was Robert Mueller that oversaw both of those unconstitutional gross violations of the Fourth Amendment. So let's just start there. Secondly, he best, he's best buddies with James Comey. James Comey was on the HSBC bank when it was laundering money out of, out of South America. I mean, he has, his MO fits a good intelligence operations officer, in my opinion. So, so I, I, it would shock me if Robert Mueller was going to do an objective in, uh, investigation and pair up with Jeff Sessions. We all, boy, that would be a, a great day in America, but I doubt that's going to happen. Robert Mueller is known as a zealot. Uh, as much of the FBI management is as a zealot, he will go after to prosecute a case no matter what it takes, uh, not after innocence, but after proof, after proving guilt. <coughs> Excuse me. Apologize. Oh, got a cold. I, I worked, I worked very close hands on espionage cases with FBI agents. Some, some of the finest people I worked with were down at the agent level. Uh, a couple in, in particular, but when you get up to the managerial levels in the FBI, you've got an organization that will protect itself and get its man at all costs, and that that is the personification of Robert Mueller, the kind of the kind of zealot that wants to prosecute this because if he doesn't prosecute for something, he'll fail. And you can you can already see Mueller starting to depart from his prosecutor or his special counsel special prosecutor role. Of investigating investigating Russia collusion, he's already departing from that with the Manafort raid on his home, and getting into financial matters that are not connected to, to Russia at all. As a matter of fact, Manafort was connected to the Podesta group. 
as you guys know, and had nothing to do with Donald Trump in terms of that investigation. So, <clears throat> excuse me, we have a zealot there, and I think that's, that's going to be a problem, and I think the investigation is going to get away from Russia, and I think they're going to start looking at some of the financial dealings of Trump and others. And, and the FBI can, can trump out its, its favorites. If, uh, if they can't prove anything, that they'll, they'll pull out the old, uh, uh, tricks. They use this on my friend John Kiriakow and then others. They'll pull out the old favorite, lying to investigators or obstructing justice. If they can't prove that anybody's committed a crime, those are pretty e- easy ones to get somebody on. So the, they, they always get their man, they say, and they mean it, even if the person is innocent and is not a criminal. So Mueller is a zealot without, without a doubt. His record shows that. Uh, you go back to Wiseman and his record, and you mentioned Arthur Anderson, and that investigation where it turned out that 80,000-plus people lost their jobs, and I think nine out of the ten judges ruled that Arthur Anderson had done nothing wrong. The FBI had already done their damage, and they walked away scot-free with no accountability whatsoever for what they did. That's that's the FBI, and that's the Department of Justice right now. That's right. Right now, and Weissman, by the way, Weissman was part of the Arthur Anderson takedown, or they really headed the Arthur Anderson takedown. Eighty-five thousand lost their jobs, and by the time the Supreme Court, it was overruled by the Supreme Court, nine to nine to zero, which is almost unprecedented. By the way, uh, from the Company of Shadows, this is Kevin Ship's book, uh, folks. I would urge everyone to grab a copy of it; very enlightening and insightful. Uh, Sidney Powell, who was on uh, the evening the Sean Hannity show two nights ago talked about uh, the Mueller investigation this is not um he's not, this is not mission creep this is creeps on a mission and I, and I echo that sentiment uh Craig um thoughts well I lo- I look at Jeff Sessions on it Jeff Sessions can intervene if he sees that Mueller is off track and and as a rabid dog uh, with excessive mission creep, you know, okay, so the Russian collusion thing ran aground, that ran dry. Well, you don't get to start just ripping back covers and, and, and seeing what you might be able to come up with, you know, or you're, or you're I don't know. Uh, so I think it, it speaks for itself for people that are watching. They can see that, uh, you know, uh, Mueller is not going to back off and, and decide that, oh, yeah, there's no Russian collusion. Uh, he's going to keep digging until he can come up with, with something. You know, he thinks he's after uh, Al Capone or something. He wants to go for tax evasion. Who knows what? I, I think it's uh, it's unfortunate. I'd like to see Jeff Sessions uh, say, "Okay, you know what? You've had a long run of it. You've come up with nothing, and swat him out of the way and say, okay, 'Okay, you're all done now. Let's move. Let's move on.'" But Jeff Sessions, um, you know. Uh, I've been impatient with him, and I've heard people say, you know, he's doing brilliant stuff. They're just about to start, you know, perp walking a whole bunch of people. Be, you know, be patient, saw. So, uh, I don't want to be too heavy-handed about him, but I, I feel like, man, I'd like to see a lot stronger influence from from our AG right now. I think that's what we need. It's time for that. It's time for some adult supervision and uh, and to stop tolerating the nonsense that's been going on. NDC. Exactly. Yeah. We're going to need a different person than Sessions if you want to see that take place. Yeah, well, look, Mueller. Well, I see him as a, as a glad-handing, inside-the-beltway guy who who just wants to play beltway ball <laughs> and not, yep. not cause any waves, and that makes him the enemy in my book. That's the last thing we need. That's a slap in the face. Imagine if you were in an enemy prison camp. Would you want someone going and shaking hands with the with – the, uh, <laughs> 
Gestapo, the commandant of that camp, and giving them coffee and just making nice and waving goodbye at the end of the day and going home, or would you want him kicking doors in, shooting bad guys in the face and rescuing you, rescuing you and getting you out of there? Exactly. You know, that's what we, Jeff Sessions, is like, do, like, uh, Buford Pusser with his big stick and walking tall, start smashing some headlights or, or, uh, you know, not to use the, the analogy lightly, but Jesus in the temple flipping over the money changers tables. There's a, there's a, a time. There's an appropriate time for swift action, decisive action. And we need to get some heads, uh, some of these really rancid crooks, obvious rancid crooks need to roll. And I think, uh, I'd like to see a lot more assertive action from Jeff Sessions. We need a, we need a strong personality in there as AG. I, I totally agree, and I'm not convinced that Sessions recused himself um, the way he's being portrayed as as, as uh, being recused. But but I'm also concerned that he seems to have uh, too soft of a personality for that position. And, and and you know he might be a nice guy, but nice guys don't always finish in that in that venue finish uh, finish well. Um, I don't recall specifically in this conversation if we address this to its maximum what is going on with the Flynn um, I, I noticed with Michael Flynn Michael Flynn Jr. Michael Flynn I've noticed I've been, I've been following their Twitter accounts I don't know if, if either one of you have uh, some interesting tweets from Michael Flynn concurrent with the stoppage or the temporary cessation of the grand jury testimony, meaning to say that it appears that Michael Flynn might be etching out a deal with Mueller. I don't know how deep you want to go. I don't know what, you're, what either one of your sources are, are saying, but it seems as almost as if this could be some sort of hinge moment in time that would change the course of the investigation against Donald Trump, that the manufactured evidence, because you squeeze Michael Flynn's son, you end up getting Michael Flynn to confess to the JFK assassination, essentially. Um, the tactics being used. Uh, again, I don't know how far you folks want to get into this, other one of you gentlemen, but uh, uh, Kevin, you care to comment on that? Well, that's, again, classic FBI MO. Uh, you you get your man no matter what, so that they'll go after his son, and they'll threaten his son with some kind of maximum penalty, and and they'll they'll tell his dad, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna not only bust you, but we're gonna bust your son uh, with ten or twenty years for for uh, 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 coordinating with the Turkish government and not reporting it. Although there's a lot of people that have done that and reported it later and have not have not been charged like Flynn has. So. It's a typical FBI MO where they want to squeeze them and roll them and see if they can they can get them to for fear of going to, to to jail for 10 20 years. So yes, I think that is going on right right now. I think they're trying. I think that's because that's that's the way the FBI does it. So just based on their past modus operandi, I'm sure that that's what they're doing with Flynn. They're trying to squeeze them and get them to roll with with threats. Now whether Flynn and his lawyers buy those threats or not is another story and there's there's some odd twists uh to to uh Michael Flynn's story. And that they're looking at, at his uh, connections with a, a uh, Islamic a leader called called Gulen, and I believe he was in Pennsylvania for quite a while. And Flynn's connections with the government of Turkey, Gulen threatening to, to uh, or at least allegedly behind the, the Turkish coup, and on and on and on. So part of the investigation has shifted into Gulen and his role in trying to over 
overthrow the Turkish government and Flynn's connections to Gulen. And the interesting point about that, and I'll speak uh, indirectly here, you can go to my, my friend Paul Williams, uh, who wrote Operation Gladio, uh, and uh, he writes pretty extensively about Gulen's connections to a certain three-letter agency. So if Flynn was on the Gulen, that makes him a whole different kind of target. So so there's, But I think they are squeezing him. I think they're trying to get him to roll. And it all comes down to, to Flynn's integrity and his strength and his son's strength. But uh, there's something going on there that's just uh, just beyond uh, the simple original charges that they had. And I, I think I think Flynn's got some additional information uh, from the inside also on the, those things. He's probably pulling it out as a card. But but that's the FBI trying to do what they, they always do. They're trying to squeeze them to get him to roll on the, on the next person by hitting him with high charges and then letting him plead down to something less or giving it up to get somebody else. What do you think the charges could be against Flynn or and or his son? Well, um, working for a foreign en- entity, and, and, you know, Flynn should have reported that. I think it was 800-some thousand dollars he received from the Turkish government for working with them, and he didn't report it. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. And he also didn't bring up those connections during his security clearance interviews. Now, now those were two mistakes. Um, he, 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 I think if he did both of those, he wouldn't be in the hot water that, that he's in now. And those are the two that they're trying to get him with. Now, now the uh, the foreign contacts issue, if you, if you are taking money from a foreign power, you can do that. You just have to report it. You have to report that you're taking $800,000 for the Turkish government for XYZ operation, and, and that happens in Washington all the time. And there's been multiple cases where people have engaged in those business transactions with foreign governments and not reported it. And when the FBI brought it up, they reported it after the fact, and they didn't prosecute them at all. My understanding in, is this is this is one case in the last uh, couple of decades that has been actually prosecuted when they've just let the others go and said, well, okay, you didn't report it, just go ahead and report it, and you're good to go. Well, they're not doing this with Michael Flynn. They're using it to squeeze him to try to get him to roll over specifically on Donald Trump. So they're using a statute that is usually not enforced. Uh, and sadly, he let himself fall into the trap uh, by not reporting it like he should have. So I think that that's a large part of what's going on. Greg, what, what do you think? Uh, what do you see happening here? Well, I, I've been in touch with Michael Flynn Jr., uh, but not, not, not the father. And, uh, Michael Flynn Jr. has been more quiet this last couple of months, but the people that I, that I do know that are, that are close to, to Michael Flynn say that he is a good man and he's, uh, basically what they're, they're coming after him, uh, for another reason. They're, the, uh, they're basically he's in the right. Uh, he may not be perfect, but whatever they come after him for is just politically motivated for for something else. So uh, it's ugly. Again, you know, when when I was in the Air Marshal Service, the the FBI SES level exec that came there kept telling us that we needed his culture. We needed their culture. It was hammering us over and over again. You need our culture. And I, I was asking him, well, boss, uh, what is what is the culture then? And he wouldn't dare say it. So look. If your culture is so dark and so despicable that you can't say it in the light of day, there's something wrong with your culture. And I think uh, we need to stop having so much faith in these agencies that have gone astray and are attacking patriots and playing political games to try to attack our president and those around him uh, with BS. While on the other side of the aisle, we've got flagrant 
issues that would get anybody hung in a matter of days in any other country just being ignored while they're going after, you know, well, okay, people Craig, on the right. I, 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 I don't, yeah, I don't want you to talk out of school here. You had mentioned, and, and I, I feel a segue here, you had mentioned about Michael Flynn. They're going after him for other reasons. And then it's, you kind of just left that alone. And again, I don't want you to break any confidences here, but could the other reasons perhaps be what you're now kind of slowly getting into, or is it something different? Well, uh, I, you're right. I, I, I shouldn't, and, and I won't, <coughs> but I'll, I'll say my understanding is why they're going after him is politically motivated, not criminally motivated in good faith, as the FBI should be. Uh, what they're doing is they're carrying out a political agenda. That's my understanding. And I, I know some very uh, well-informed, very highly qualified people around General Flynn that uh, that that's their uh, honest observation of it. So that's that's mine, too, unless I've learned differently. Okay. Um, you know, you, you just said something, Craig, that, uh, you know, we've seen the the justice system being used to target, uh, you know, the right in many different ways, and we see the Hillary Clinton criminal cabal and all that goes along with that, um, and all these these scandals just being completely ignored, mainly the Uranium One deal. Do you think we will see an actual investigation? by Jeff Sessions or otherwise from the Justice Department, an honest investigation into the Uranium One deal? If there's not, Joe, why on earth would any of us honor or listen to anything those people in D.C. said? I agree. Why would we honor the FBI? Why would we honor Congress? Why would we comply with them? There's 320 million of us. There's a handful of them. Why would we listen to anything they said if they don't handle the obvious if they're to be respected they've got to do their professional job in good faith and until they prosecute Hillary Clinton for the arm long list of things that we all see that she's guilty of it's all out there in the emails man we can we can read the emails on WikiLeaks we can we can see you don't have to be a federal criminal investigator to put two and two together there it's it's in black and white in a lot of cases so I think uh, it, things are about to come to a head. We're only going to tolerate it so far, the American people, already highly ticked off. So it's just a matter of time before this clown show uh, gets the brakes thrown on it. I think uh, these people parading around with a badge uh, have have enjoyed the good graces of the American citizens for, for so long that uh, they've uh, they've got too big for their britches. You know, they if they're if they're doing their job on behalf of the American people. They're carrying out the Constitution and they're enforcing our laws. Man, that's good. Well, I'll applaud that all day long. All of us will. That's what we want. But if they're on one side of the political aisle, if they're actually carrying out the will of our enemies against the, our Constitution and playing political hit job games, that's only going to last so long. <laughs> so I, I think it'll be interesting times to, to see how this comes to a head and how it gets dealt with. I think the train's going to run off the track at some point. It can't just continue indefinitely. We won't watch them railroad President Trump out of office on bogus information. I mean, if, if he turns out to be a genuinely uh, harmful man, a criminal, 
then fine. But they they better have done it to to Hillary and and crew first because we're we're watching. We're pretty well informed some of us. So uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, these are these are volatile times. Yeah, they are, and it's unfortunate that here in America, Americans don't you know make their voices heard more and and for things like this. Because, as you said, all credibility from all the, you know, from the FBI to the DOJ is lost if they do not pursue this. Kevin, what do you think about the Uranium One? Um, do you think we'll see an investigation into this? Uh, yeah, the question is, will it go anywhere? Uh, um, uranium One is interesting. The final person that had to approve Uranium One was the president himself. He was the only one that was aware of it, by the way. Barack Obama was aware of the Uranium One deal, and, and uh, out of a nine-panel uh, group of people to approve it, one of which was Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama was the only one who could have stopped it, and he didn't, and he let it go forward. He also let, they, they loosened a lot of export re- restrictions on, on Russia, including the Uranium One uh, uh, transport uh, also. Uh, so uh, I, I can tell you, uh, maybe it's my... CIA background rearing its ugly head again, but the, the Russian intelligence was all over Hillary Clinton through the Uranium One deal and Uranium One investors were dumping millions of dollars into the Clinton Foundation. They paid Bill Clinton $500,000 to come to speak to a, to a Uranium One connected organization directly tied to the Kremlin and on and on and on it goes. So if you want to talk Russian collusion, just look at Uranium One. Now it's a little bit more complex than and you're getting on the news. Hillary and Bill Clinton j- just didn't walk out and, sit and sell 20% of the uranium to the Russians. It, it involved uh, Russetown, the Russian corporation, connected to 10X, their sales arm. 10X was eventually investigated by the FBI and charged uh, for criminal activity and racketeering, bribery, blackmail, uh, and uh, racketeering. So the whole thing was just disgustingly connected into organized crime, the whole Uranium One deal. The Department of Justice, Jeff Sessions, came out and said, well, uh, they didn't really know about the criminal problems till after the Uranium One deal. And that's concerning because, yes, they did. The Department of Justice was doing its investigation on the racketeering and the bribery of 10X connected to uh, Rosatom and Uranium One. They were doing that before the Uranium One deal. So the DOJ knew about the corruption. They knew about the criminal activity before the Uranium One deal was done. Sessions has come out and said the DOG didn't know about that until afterwards. That is simply not true. Secondly, uh, and no offense to Shepard Smith, but Shepard Smith came out recently and said, well, that uranium never left the United States. So whoever says it did is, is, is full of it. Well, that is incorrect. Uh, the uranium went up to Canada, and, and it is uh, apparent by, by some good sources that it, it left Canada and went to Europe. So that's not an accurate statement either. So, so it's more complex, I think, than... Uh, that is being reported, uh, but it has corruption, uh, Russian corruption all over it. There was even a Russian spy who was snuggling up to Hillary Clinton and trying to make her her best friend. And I mean, the Soviets were just all over the, the Clintons and Uranium One. So it's just more than a 20% uranium deal, uh, which involved uh, seven other people make, making the decision in the government. It was more than just the Uranium One deal. It was it was a connection to, to Russian organized crime. CFIUS, uh, CFIUS, the oversight body of which uh, what Hillary was a titular head there, and of course, uh, right. yeah, in thirteen, well, nine cabinet level positions total, right. thir- uh, thirteen uh, ultimately thirteen agencies combined. But yeah, um, 
now, now we, the FBI informant that is coming forward, um, the uh, William Campbell, who has leukemia and will be testifying before Congress. Huge witness. Yeah, yeah. Huge, yeah. Um, uh, uh, Craig, what, what are you going to be doing for the next couple of months? You want to you, you want to stand by him and guard him? Uh, I, th- I think he might need some protection, uh, given the. Um, uh, well, you know. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, there there are people that I know that are of financial means that that will fund the protection of somebody like that 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 has significant information that's going to bring about a positive result. Uh, but they've got to bring that information forward if um, if there are situations like that. Uh, I know people that can facilitate that. And obviously, you know, I've done a lot of high threat mobile security contracting for different agencies, and a lot of my friends run the countries or companies that provide those uh, services. And so, you know, the the, the high level experienced uh, operators, that's no problem to, to find those guys. Right. Uh, a lot of those are my peers. You, you know, I, I said that kind of tongue in cheek because I'm sure I'm sure he does have security, but but the fact is, a lot of people seem to meet their demise, uh, especially in situations like this. Uh, our, our two guests, uh, just two great Americans, patriotic Americans, Kevin Ship and uh, Craig R. Sawyer. Uh, follow them both on Twitter. You can link the links are in the program description, as well as from the company of Shadows, Kevin uh, Kevin Ship's book, a fantastic book. We have about twenty minutes left of the program. That's all, Kevin. I'm gonna bounce it over to you. You guys, look, whatever we didn't cover that, that you both want to cover, um, just fire away, Kevin. Go ahead. And I know, and, th- and thanks for appearing. I know that you're under the weather. I appreciate yeah. that. But thanks. No, for- no, in season and out of season, as they say. Uh, Excuse me. The, I think the one, one thing that is worth talking about <clears throat> is this so-called Russian dossier. You all mentioned it in the beginning. Uh, it, it, the Russian dossier affair is such a counterintelligence op. It's almost funny. It'll make you laugh. And let, let me just let me break down what the Russian dossier break down what happened. Uh, the Clinton law firm hired Fusion GPS, which was comprised of journalists connected to the mainstream media. They went and they contacted the quote-unquote former British intelligence officer, Christopher Steele, who went in and paid Russian intelligence officers for information. Now, they're going to Russian intelligence officers and paying them for information. And these Russian intelligence officers, who supposedly were trying to get Trump elected, are giving them dirt on Donald Trump, the exact opposite. So so they're, they're getting information from the beginning from from our counter number one counterintelligence enemy, and expecting that information to be true. Okay, so that goes to to the former British intelligence agent John McCain, like like a salivating dog, is waiting for it back in the United States. So they they write up this dossier, and and, and I've seen parts of the dossier. It's got grammatical errors. It's got misspellings in it. And as a as a former intelligence writer, you just don't do that. Uh, with an intelligence report, especially when you're getting paid millions of dollars when you when you t- total it all up. So anyway, so this information from Russian intelligence sources goes to Fusion GPS. John McCain sends an emissary to retrieve the document, brings the document back, gives it to, to CI Director John Brennan, who then leaks it to the press, calling it legitimate intelligence. Then the press runs with it. Uh, so so you. With information that was provided by Russian intelligence, which is just absolutely mind-boggling, and 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 then of course they 
the dossier is true or accurate. They can't verify any of this information that paid Russian intelligence gave them at all. And and the Russians have got to they got to be sitting back there going to the Moscow bank, laughing all the all the way to to the teller counter. Uh, I, I mean, this was a a shadow government hit job against Donald Trump that came all the way from down from Russian intelligence through the shadow government. Senator John McCain was dis- disseminated to the CIA director, and it gets even worse than that. McCain also took it to Mueller and the FBI, and Robert Mueller started the Russian collusion investigation based on that dossier. And the, the special prosecutor that we have now is based on the information that originally came from that dossier. And, and again, trace it all the way back. It came from Russian intelligence officers. This is what you're not hearing on the news. If you break this all down, it's almost laughable what what a incredible intelligence operation this was uh, by the Russians, but primarily, and what a shadow government internal hit job with CIA Director John Brennan and others, what a shadow government hit job it was from the inside on Donald Trump at the same time using... Russian intelligence, and that if you, if you break it down, that's exactly what happened. Exactly right, Craig. To you. Well, I, I think you know the American public need to know kind of the, the the struggle, what's going on. I wrote down a couple things here that I think I would like to to know that American people are researching. And you can call it conspiracy theory, but once you research it, it's not theory anymore because it's it's verifiable fact. So. People need to be aware of things like research of the new world order and, and what they're calling now, they're, they're, they're changing it to the international world order, uh, because the people are starting to figure out what new world order meant and that's a bad deal for us Americans. So, uh, they're changing their lingo, uh, and what the whole agenda is behind that. What, what do they want? What are they ultimately after? And, uh, the, the Frankfurt School, Look that up, research it, read about it, read who's who was part of it, what were they about, Saul Alinsky, what are his tactics. If you understand Saul Alinsky's tactics, you understand what Hillary and all the others are doing, you understand why they project all their lies all over Trump, and then they get arrested or, or, or caught uh, being guilty of those exact very things, and you're no longer surprised, you're ahead of them, you see where they're going. So the Cloward-Piven strategy, what does that mean? You know, what was that all about? And how is that being used to break down our economy, especially over the last eight years? Man, Cloward Piven was on warp drive. And American people need to understand these things. And Agenda 21, man, the first time I was, I was working within the intelligence community when I, I got wind of that one and I, I started researching and I thought it was so diabolical that I assumed it was just a, a conspiracy theory. I was like, there's no way that, that, that humans would actually push that. But yeah, they're, they, there are meetings where they keep pushing the agenda there. What does that mean for we, the American people? What does that look like a couple decades from now? Uh, what's their ultimate objective? It's ugly. It's dark. It's diabolical. So we need to be aware of these things because, as Kevin pointed out, they're not going to tell you this on the mainstream news media, man. That's that's not uh, that's not their job. That's not where their money is made. So. Um, Council of Foreign Relations, the CFR, you need to know who they are, what their agenda is, what, what historically, what have they pushed? Trilateral Commission, you know, same thing there. Uh, the Bilderberg Conference, look, I, I know a guy that provided, provided security for one of the big names there, and he's like, well, Saw, so, you know, they're just looking after their financial best interests. I'm like, yes, exactly, I know that. But what does that mean for you and me? 
do you understand? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. understand the financial strings they're pulling globally and, and what that ends up being. Of course, they're looking after their financial best interest, but they're moving trillions of dollars around the globe. They're breaking economies. They're starting wars. They're caught it causing untold heartache yeah. looking after the best interest. So come on, buddy. <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, so I, I said all that to say this, guys. If the American people know the objective of our would-be oppressors, if they know what they're, if the American people are empowered with that knowledge, then we can rally to stand up to counter it. If you understand what your enemy wants, you understand how to stop it. That's what I want. I want the American people to be understanding of this agenda against us and so that we can stop it. And uh, really, we need to rally around Donald Trump right now because he's the big thumb in their eye, man. Um, he's just standing up trying to strengthen our economy and get everything rolling again and getting everything working the way that it should and boy they sure hate it and you got to ask yourself why would they hate hate that so badly because it's 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 improving life for all of us they sure do hate it and they hate this country they hate the freedoms that it uh that it grants that that god grants and it is more evident now than it has ever been um kevin i want to come back to you real quick and talk about a few things that aren't that weren't on our our list um one, the, the tax plan. How important is it, do you think, that the Senate is able to push through this tax plan um, for the Trump agenda and for their own future as, as elected officials? So it's, it's critical for the Trump agenda. It's absolutely critical. That, that critical. That's one of his uh, uh, political platforms. They, they, they have to do it. Uh, and it's something that's got to be done. And they've gone back and forth and back and forth the the first version was not not very good. It, it's a lot better than it was. Uh, personally, I think they're going to do it. Uh, they have to do it for for Donald Trump's legitimacy and the kind of man he is. I think he'll put a lot of pressure on him to to get it done. But but no, I think it'll get done. I think it will come out and 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 uh, I think it's going to be a lot better than that, at least than the, the tax structure was before. Okay. Craig, what do you think about this tax bill? Do you think that this is critical to the survival of uh, many of the, and, and specifically the Republicans in the Senate and in Congress? Well, in, in a way I do because it's it's such a simple thing that, that the American public, we, we've been watching the Republican side squabble and fail and, and, and be too soft and, and not really push and achieve much. And uh, I think now it's kind of put up or shut up kind of a moment and this is a bill that the American public expect is a pretty straightforward one that that, that Republicans should be able to rally around and uh, and get pushed through so I, I, I think it's uh, I think it's kind of a make or break deal in a lot of ways due to the, the dynamic and the timing of what's going on okay and Craig uh, I know we, we kind of we, we talked about the, the issues with the media and how, how crazy they are and the you know the evil I I say the uh, spiritually evil agenda that drives them the calls that you know he uh, especially with North Korea and I said this earlier that we see these calls of of mental fitness with Trump always related to the nuclear weapons. What do you think we're going to see happen with with North Korea? I said earlier and uh, before you guys came on that is this something that is inev- inevitably going to be solved by war? whether with this presidential administration or others, and uh, if not, I mean, what would be the best way to go about to to rectify this situation? 
I don't see it going to war with North Korea, to be honest with you. I, I, I think our technology to, to stop, our, our capability to stop any, um, missiles that they have is, is far superior. I don't think we're really sweating that. I think, uh, President's just trying to feel this guy out and see, see what he's made of, see what he wants to do. But I don't think, uh, they're as large a threat to us as, as perhaps a lot of the public, uh, right. believes right now. I mean, uh, certainly an unstable character. And it's I don't you, want to Pat. discount him in that regard, but technologically, I think, uh, there, there's no contest. I don't think it's, it's, it's as big a deal as some people are, are uh, are seeing it. As I think uh, it, it's such a one-way street, I think it'd be a, a pretty quick slap down. So I don't think it it'd be result in a, a very large scale confrontation. That's just my observation on ba- based on what I know about the technology and who's got what. So, uh, but I, you know, I hope it goes smoothly for you know for all parties involved. I hope that um, that Rocket Man, you know, <laughs> can uh, can calm down and and see himself forward to. To do a better job and get, maybe gain some respect to people and, and maybe become a, little, a better man somehow, you know. I'm not holding my breath, but yeah, I, I hope for good things. And, and Kevin, I want to toss this uh, North Korea question to you in just a second. Craig, I want to ask you one thing. So, if we were to see a missile launch strike the U.S. Hawaii, the U.S. mainland, or even a, we'll say a ship in the in the ocean there, that would would that be a cause for red flags? Wondering, you know, why was this allowed to happen? Because of the, the are, you, techn- are you asking Kevin or me? The, you, Craig, because of the, what you just okay. said about the well, technology we have. Yeah, well, people people would be, the first thing they'd be asking, is it a red flag? That People have grown cynical. Again, that's one of the prices. That's one of the penalties that we all suffer for having allowed so many of these people in the federal government to grow so rancid and remain. Look, nowhere else in this world does there exist a culture of... You can't lose your job. If job absolution, you know, job security exists in the federal government like nowhere else. And I don't, for the life of me, understand why, other than people want their guaranteed paycheck, and so they they vote it into being, you know. So I think with that, that's a dynamic we need to fix. When I've worked for organizations where you had to be a, a an optimal performer or be replaced, guess what everybody was? Optimal performers. And we need to we need to... Uh, we need to make an adjustment, a major modification of our federal government. We need to demand performance and, uh, and integrity of our, of our people. And so back to the, the red flag thing, people have been, um, they've grown cynical and callous and they've seen things. They've seen official stories that do not line up with the facts. People are tired of being lied to. And the first thing they assume now is, is, Something that's a red flag. Any sort of major conflict, they're like, ah, it's probably another CIA red flag. I mean, that's, that's what you hear. That's what you see. Uh, people, people surmising, they snap instantly to that. Well, why have they, why have they grown to assume that? So I think that's the problem we have to address. We've got to, to start running an honorable ship in DC before people will start believing uh, the official story first. So, un- unfortunate dynamic. Uh, breaks my heart. Yeah. Uh, you know? yeah. It, it, it is happy. sad, isn't it? It, it, it is. It's a, it, it, the whole thing is sad as we look at, um, we have to question everything. Um, uh, Kevin Ship and uh, Craig Sawyer are, are two guests, two patriotic Americans. Uh, follow them both on Twitter. 
Also, um, vets4childrescue.org. That is Craig Sawyer's website for the love of freedom, Kevin, uh, net for the, uh, Kevin ship. And from there you can get to his, uh, his, uh, video channel as well. Also on Twitter. Um, we've got about, we've only, we only have just a few minutes left here. Okay. Uh, Joe, go ahead. Kevin, what, what, uh, give us your thoughts on what, how this North Korea situation could play out. Well, this is the first administration uh, that has actually challenged North Korea. Finally, we've been we've been subsidizing them and sending them millions and millions and millions, despite their threats for the last few decades. And every single administration has done absolutely nothing about not only their threats against the United States, but the abysmal human rights violations. So they've got people in cages doing experiments on them, especially uh, religious uh, people, entire families uh, that they're torturing and doing experiments on. And, I mean, this is, this is it's horrible stuff, and no one has done a thing about this. No one has done a thing about North Korea's threats until now, until Donald Trump. And I love that term, Rocket Man. So so you got Rocket Man coming out. Uh-oh, he's being challenged. So he's making all these veiled threats. But let me tell you something uh, I think uh, he's going to have to know, probably does, is you don't poke the bear. Uh, if he tries to, to shoot a missile where a missile doesn't belong, we, we've got uh, the capability to stop that from happening, and uh, we have the cap- capability to make that uh, uh, the worst day that he's ever had. A lot of what he's saying is rhetoric because for the first time in decades, the United States is standing up to him and not letting China uh, get in the way. Even China now is kind of starting to get it. So, so the U.S. is not even letting China uh, stop it anymore from con- confronting uh, this talk of war on the behalf of North Korea. So that's the good part of it. The good part is the United States is finally standing up to North Korea and saying, "Don't knock this battery off our shoulder, buddy." And and they know that they know that darn well. Uh, they they are kind of a puppet to Iran also. So Iran's uh, in part uh, responsible for the nu- their nuclear program, and they're operating through them. So Iran's got a part of this, and they're seeing finally the United States stand up and say no more. Mm-mm. Oh no, you don't. No, you don't. And they're not stupid. They're 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 crazy, but they're not stupid. Uh, they know what's going to happen. That you can count on the fact, especially Iran. They know what, what's going to happen if North Korea pokes the U.S. bear. It's not going to be a pretty thing. So I think right now it's a lot of rhetoric. Uh, do I see it going to war? No, not at this point. Kind of a unanimous decision there. And I remember back in '94, I think it was Clinton saying, "Hey, it's uh, you know peace in our time." This deal reached the nuclear deal reached with North Korea, and and how that just kick the can down the road. Um, it, both individuals, Kevin Ship, as well as Craig Sawyer, very powerful, strong, great patriotic Americans by themselves together, uh, force multipliers. I, I've got to tell you, it's, it's just been a phenomenal show. Um, we've got, uh, uh, we, we can give you about 90 seconds apiece. Go ahead, Kevin. To close this out, Kevin first, and then uh, Craig. Ninety seconds. Go ahead. Thanks, Doug. Thanks, Doug. I appreciate that. Let me close it out with something I think sums this up, and I think it's important. Uh, we, we all know this. Ephesians six twelve, I think, uh, says it best. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, 
against spiritual wickedness in high places. And that's what is behind all of this, going all the way back to globalism and the New World Order, the International World Order, Luciferianism, what we're seeing in Washington right now. That's the problem, is this is a massive spiritual battle behind everything, and we're seeing that play out. Okay. Well said, and, and there it is. Um, Craig? Well, I, I agree with Kevin, and, and it's an honor to be on with him. He's the fellow truth teller, and I, I got a lot of respect for that. So uh, I appreciate being able to be on with him. Uh, look, I can't fix everything. You know, people tell me, you know, Craig, what, what can I do and what can I do? We don't each have to do it all, but we can each do something. And what I've done is I've founded Veterans for Child Rescue to go face one of the evils. And one of the bigger evils going on right now is is some of the elites and a lot of other people abusing God's precious and innocent little children. So we're out to uh, inform the American public about what's going on so that we can counter it, uh, to rescue the children, to bring the perps to justice, and to beat that whole thing back for a brighter tomorrow. So Vets for Child Rescue is my passion right now, so we appreciate everybody's support. It's It's been a wild journey, but uh, an inspiring one. We, we, urge, we urge all of our listeners and viewers to support both of you, Vets for Child Rescue, Vets of the Number 4 Child Rescue, and, of course, Kevin Ship. And we want to thank uh, the special thanks to Brent Belusky, spytheater.com. And, I Sean, want thank to you so very, very, very much for appearing tonight, uh, both. Thanks uh, for having us on. All right. All right, brothers. Thank you, guys. We'll be talking with you individually uh, shortly, soon. Um, folks, it was just a fantastic program, and we want our, our thanks. The true, true, two true great Americans, Kevin Ship and um, Craig Sawyer, in my view. I think that uh, they've probably individually done more than anyone I know to advance to advance the, uh, the the liberty agenda the what else would you call that but go ahead Joe. yeah to to advance the the truth from yeah. a uh, a knowledge of having experience and background in these I'm glad areas on our side too Ab- absolutely um we only got about a minute left ted brewer wanted us to remind everybody or to inform everybody out there that he has the purple sticks are now in stock oh boy so go to healthmasters.com and order them there also don't forget, this month, Green Innovative is offering a special 30% discount to Hagman Report listeners. You just use the promo code Hagman and go to greenovative.com. You can check out all the awesome uh, stuff that they have there and the, the deals that they have on that is where you're in this holiday shopping season. And, and finally, do not forget, we are working at Eric Tech the Eric. Yeah, Tech the Eric. Eric the Tech is working on the forum uh, for Patreon Supporters, the supporters of the Hagman Report on Patreon, and hopefully that'll be done soon. Yeah, and of course we are looking forward to the first broadcast. Uh, many right on video Sunday evening, the video right. conference for those of who are on the top tier donations of of Patreon. That's right, and uh, we're that's going to be interesting to do this uh, this Sunday. Our I'm thanks, to our thanks to um, Craig Sawyer, Kevin Ship. And very special thanks to Peter Barry Chalka as well for the fine article on Hagman Report, where he's going to be with us tomorrow. Thank you so much, John Robertson. Thank you so much, Eric the Tech and Jackie, Joe, myself, Lady of the Studio Dog, Theo, her little brother. And, uh, I gotta tell you, it's just been a, it's been a long day, but it's been a very, very good one. And tonight's show, what a fantastic presence by both Kevin Ship and Craig Sawyer. We, we think the, we think the world of both of them. Have a great night. We'll be back tomorrow. 
the what's it? The Doug Hagman, Doug Hagman radio show. Radio show. Yeah, Doug Hagman radio show. Nine to ten <laughs> and the Hagman Daily Show, and then we'll be back here at seven. Until then, have a great night. 